Let's go. Welcome to Soul to Scene, episode 5. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and you're most welcome to the show, which sees myself, Craig Allen, and Gary Riley in real life for the first time within COVID job striking distance. Hello, Craig. Hello, Gary. Uh, all right, thanks about remembering Hi, Andy. Me. Hi, uh, Andy. Sorry. Cheers. Cheers. I know this is a bit weird sitting beside each other, not with no delay. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I can just flipping smell uh, Craig's flipping rolling dinner from here. Craig's getting ready for a marathon, allegedly. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So we have to endure the smell of his... Uh, was a salmon salad. Yeah, He's here in full technical revision. Yeah. It's, it, we, we, Smell-o-vision. We especially love your uh, your sandwich bag. My flurry bag. I think we need to get a, a picture of your flurry bag for the uh, show notes. Uh, look, in case you missed it, last week's show was an absolute uh, belter. Well, we're talking to Chris Gray from AED6 World. And if you want to hear an amazing story of a lad from Lurgan making it big time in the tuning world of Japan, or if you just love twin cam crawlers or hell, just a good story, it's a great listen. And we'll be getting me- mega feedback from that show. But we're physically together in one place, and that place itself is uh, PMG uh, Auto Care and their HQ in Belfast. But not only that, we're sitting on the sofa and about 20 yards from us is the set where Colin Geddes records General Banter, which we had absolutely no idea. Yeah, they have a super setup back there, and we were huddled around three mics, like three decks. Yeah, with our flipping children's version of the it's setup. It's a real lesson how to do it right, how to do it wrong. It's, yeah. it's so cool. <laughs> it's uh, unbelievable. Andy, why are we at PMG? Well, here, we'll, we'll get there. We need to tell people what, what else is on the show apart from talking about Toyotas or fucking Yaris. Porsches or, or whatever else. So you get a look, Porsche? Look, on this show, it's just us. And I say that knowing that it's actually not true and there's always loads of people we want to talk to. We're at PMG, so we'll probably have Pete up to have a chat later on, although we'll probably do a separate episode with Pete entirely. But I also had a chat with Gethin from GTI and I. So uh, they're running this Eurotreffing show, which is probably one of these, the first big shows, an outdoor show up outside Lorne. Um, also drove my first Ferrari, Ooh. which I'll tell you about. Did you get a Ferrari as well? No, I did not get a Ferrari, but someone very stupidly gave me the keys, which is uh, completely ridiculous. Is this a perk of GT4 ownership? Does it open doors? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I did a track day in the GT4 last week, though, at Bishop's Court. That was awesome. We'll talk about that. And yes, I maybe did collect a small Japanese hatchback. Unbelievable, and that's and that's why uh, we're here because it's going in with for uh, a detail with uh, with Pete, but uh, yeah, the Yaris is awesome. I only picked it up on Tuesday, so I've literally picked it up, took it home, we undersealed it, and then brought it here, and that is all I have driven it. So it hasn't been driven in anger yet. No, well, it, I, he can't. can't. Yeah, I can't put. It, I need to put. Allegedly, put six hundred miles on it. And so I would say took me around for 0.3 miles and then go over 2,000 revs. No, 
And it will maybe hit three and a half grand. Maybe. Yeah. How have you not put 600 miles on it? You not I, just gone out and just crunched them? I know, I, w- I would love to do that, but it's my first new car, so I thought, I'm going to try and allegedly do it right. We stripped all the arch liners off it, took all the under trays off it, um, under sealed it, used the built hamber Dynax, which seems brilliant stuff. It's like a spray wax, so it's dead handy to put on. And put mud flaps on it but it, like it still has all its uh, I'll post some pictures and I'll start a thread as well so you can uh, people can see the process and the progress but it still has all the stickers and even has the barcodes and Toyota and all the plastic I, I did laugh I saw you I looked in the mirror as you come down the road and I could see the you know the protection film on the roof flapping about <laughs> <laughs> we have been outside and have seen it and it is fucking awesome it's, it's brilliant it's so cool and the brakes are ginormous it's just it's just unbelievable. Well, it's I, just I, what a hot hat should be when you look at it. Yeah, but all the bespoke parts in it, and the fact that it's super wide arch, and but three doors. Well, just it it brings me back to the days of. Well, I remember I bought your VTI Civic mm-hmm. off you, yeah. uh, Gary. But those are the days we we bought mucked about in performance hot hatches. You had a Focus Creek that was not a performance hot hatch. That wasn't hot at all. <laughs> Haggled me to distraction, if I recall. But uh, that's right, yeah. Mm. But uh, oh, that was a great car. But um, yeah, so I've had a pretty awesome week. Like Tuesday, especially, was unbelievable because uh, I was also asked to do a track day uh, or a private. wasn't even a track day. It was a private booking at uh, Bishop's Court. Was never driven one, so I took the GT4. It is an incredible circuit. Um, and this isn't the airstrip I'm talking about, where we used to do the cruise. Mm. This is the actual generally motorbike racing circuit or some karting and stuff like that there and it was just this is where the grown-ups go yeah yeah if you can if you can get on so uh i had a brilliant day and the same on the same day i went and picked up the probably a private porsche day that one yeah not my game outfit for we have a question from fabio paul from the forum that he asked a number of weeks ago when we haven't got around answering yet so let's do that now before we do anything else okay i am now in the position to buy a new car and had a three-car race golf gti focus st i had one of those and a Hyundai i30N performance. So what would we choose? All in around the same price, fifty to fifty-five thousand dollars, because he's in Australia. All with various pros and cons, which after much debate and discussion and reading and watching countless YouTube reviews, put money down on the i30, which I should get in August, September. Seems to be the answer to every what car thread in RMS is littered with Golf GTI suggestions, although it's usually the Mark V. I haven't driven any of the newer GTIs, shocker. But I did have a Focus ST, albeit the STD. Probably shouldn't announce on a podcast that I've had an STD. Can you get Durban, really? Christ knows. I have no idea. Imagine you can get Durban in the USA even, but it's yeah. rare. Yeah, it's know, not, it's not crushed, a, it's crushed not up thing. koalas or something. So, so he's actually ordered the i30? He's ordered the i30, yeah. Right. yeah. I, think, I, think that's, I think that's a good move. But? I think they're absolutely fantastic. 275 brake, well spec, fancy front slip diff, fantastic choice, which is where he put his money in the end. But at the very top end of his $55,000 budget, and by which I mean $56,000, he could have had a Yaris GR. Not only could he have had a Yaris GR, but in Oz, they do the GR Rally Edition, which has all the extras I can't get in mind. So the circuit pack... I thought that was the circuit pack, the yeah. Rally Edition. Yeah, it's different. It's different. That's CS spec one on Tour de Australia, and you can get the GR, not the Rally, which I thought was the circuit pack. 12 months registration. 12 months third-party insurance on whatever you need else in Australia, kangaroo liability or whatever, and that's where my money goes, for 56000 55000 yeah. ish But 
if you absolutely positively need more than two doors, the i30 ends a fantastic choice. Yeah, class cars. The, the great thing is you do have lots of choices. The i30 is fantastic, but it's very much a, a GTA Golf competitor. That's in that segment. It'd just be, um, if you're out in Australia, if you're not driving a Holden or yeah. something strange, like they get out there, where you go, oh, I yeah. kind of wish I'd got a nine-litre Holden. Yeah. And be sliding about in it. There's probably a fast hatch for every scenario. If you need five doors, three doors, if you want something uh, harder in the road and more rally like, like the Aris or something that kind of takes more boxes, like the Golf, you know, but he's in a good position there to, to uh, select whatever he wants for those. Fair play to Hyundai as well for coming out that end range. How long is the end range out? Three, four, five years? At, yeah, at, at least, yeah. And they were talking about an eighth generation GTI Golf or something like that, and Hyundai can just pull something out of the hat and be right up there and. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are even touted with the Yaris, so they haven't done anything decent to perform hardcore yeah. performance in 20 years. Yeah. You can't really count the Super, you can't really count the, okay, you can say the uh, GT86, but it was always uh, a wee bit warm. 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 The thing about them two cars, the Toyota and the Hyundai, they both got it right from the start. They haven't had a improve and improve over you know successive models. True. They've both been really well received right from day one. The only thing I hate about the new Volkswagens is to put the badge in the centre. Mm-hmm. The GTI badge is now in the centre of the boot. And they've spaced the letter. Which now. is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. GTI badge, bottom left. That's the way it goes. See, Vauxhall are doing the same. Uh, I saw a photo of the new Astra they're going to release, and the, the letters are spaced out quite wide and about the same no. as the Gulf. It's not the, the trend. No, I'm not having that. Well, Vauxhall are part of PSA now, so yeah. I dare say that Vauxhall will are for the chop. <laughs> because, sure, what in that, in the, the brands of uh, General Motors, Peugeot, and Citroën, and I, all the rest, for me. Oh, no. Terrible. God help. Foxhall used to make. Uh, There'll be one brand in a few years' time, probably, and not a bit. Yep, yep. They're but all buying each other up and then cancelling each other out. Exactly. They own far too many segments of the, of the same. Standard car A, standard yeah. car B. Yep, totally. But I'll tell you a little, little bit less about standard cars. Let's talk about some serious performance. So, as I say, Tuesday during the week tracked in the morning, picked up the RS in the afternoon. My mind was blown. But but not as much as it was blown when I uh, was throwing the keys of an eight twelve super fast. Wow. A few weeks ago, which was just what? And just totally re- recalibrated what I thought uh, a performance car uh, was. So let, let me let me tell you about this thing. So it's it's uh, one of uh, Ferrari's GT cars. But when I say GT car Six and a half litre V12, just eight and a half thousand RPM red line, 1700 kilos, so quite heavy. But if you have 800 horse, mm. nothing's heavy. Uh, so 60 in 2.9 using launch control <laughs> and a 211 mile an hour top end. Sounds sluggish. <laughs> no, the problem is it makes everything else seem sluggish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just uh, unbelievable. Like, uh, I posted some photos on Instagram a few weeks back when I was on it. It's just, I tell you what, see someone hand you, handing you a Rossi red key and uh, for like one of Marinello's best pieces of art. Like I'll never forget it. Uh, I, think, I think I've asked you this before, but uh, in my mind, it's not really the, the speed that we're worried about so much as the, the cost of the car. And if I bend it, <laughs> like it's shared value, the thing. Well, like the guy that owns the car knows me and he need to know you well well no he clearly doesn't <laughs> <laughs> he's seen me gt4 and he knows some of my car history he knows i do some track work i've done some competition work but 
what was going through my mind at the time was this guy is just mental, you know, what what is he doing? But I wasn't going to say no. I was just no. this was all going through my mind at the time. Much are they? Near four hundred grand or something like that. Yeah, three twenty. Jesus one. Christ! Is that before your options? So, uh, <laughs> before your options, would sort of like doors, <laughs> three fifty. <laughs> so, like when I hopped into the thing, like my uh, mind was racing. I was trying to think about the car and just like think read about. I read the things about Evo magazine or in car fiction reviews, and stuff, but I was like, well, I, I don't know anything about them at all. So. I remember like getting in, I found the door handle, got in, and it's like, right, does this key go somewhere? I like literally was sitting in the seat and was like, is it, is the key going to a slot? Does it, and I was like, right, it's, this is a car, it's like a 2020 car, it's bound to be keyless. I'll just set the key in like the bin beside me and hope there's yeah. a start button, which there was. Uh, uh, like I remember the time, remember the time I uh, hired a new Passat, got into it, set my phone down in the center console, couldn't find the start button because I had set my phone on top of the bloody start button in the centre console and I had to go and ask the wee 80-year-old lady in the in the booth how you started. I had my Tuareg a year before I realised that the button started the car. I just thought it turned it off. Because <laughs> 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 the guy I bought it off at Volkswagen said it didn't start it, so I was putting the key in for like a year. And then I came back, I got tires fitted and came back and the engine was running and the key wasn't in it. <laughs> what the fuck's he done that? Some kind of sorcery. <laughs> Well, like, I found the start bu- button, thank God, it's on the steering wheel, big red button, you can't mess up, start it up. Can they call oh. an American phrase and say, do you sound like a virgin on prom night? Putting digits everywhere. <laughs> I know cars, don't fuck it up. <laughs> and then uh, I realised I had it running, sounded awesome, and then I was like, I have no idea how to put this thing in reverse and get it into the space <laughs> I had to turn to the guy and he just points at the centre console and there's these there's three three beautiful billet buttons in the middle, one says R on it, and I was like, ah, that must be it. <laughs> and uh so that was fine, got out, and obviously then two down from that button was the one that said D. So jabbed it away with Process of elimination. Yes, we're we're flying. We're flying until we came to my first junction. Uh and I didn't realise that Ferraris have no stocks, no indicator stocks. They're the, the buttons. They're yeah. all on the steering wheel. Like they just, the TVRs used to be. Yeah, so it's like, oh, it has to be the style that everyone's. So, so then suddenly a hand came across in the passenger side and just pressed oh, the button. No. <laughs> I was like, hand of God. I was like, oh my God. Like a driving instructor. Yeah, this guy thinks I'm an absolute <laughs> pleb, you know. They have dual brakes on it now. And then. Uh, I didn't have Joe Briggs. Joe Jules. He wasn't sitting there with a the clipboard <laughs> marking me. Feel. But uh, anyway, so got in the move, uh, and car's actually super refined, super quiet, uh, and yes, you have those sort of figures and silly figures and the horsepower and the performance in your mind. But on the move, it's. Super creamy, uh, uh, smooth, and then I'm sort of looking at the steering wheel, and that's awesome with the flipping uh, shift lights and everything else. But I'm then told my instructor now tells me <laughs> stick it into race and give it the message. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and reaching for R again, <laughs> <laughs> not reaching for R. <laughs> the task was already put into race, and all, and then it's like, oh my Christ. The thing, the throttle response, it's just animalistic. And like, I'm 
grabbing paddles for the gears and I'm I'm too short or I'm in the limiter or and it's just unbelievable. Like back to the figures again, hundred mile an hour, five point eight seconds. That's wild. And hundred and seventy in seventeen seconds. And it's just like I have no reference point for that type of performance. Uh, it is just unbelievable. But I suppose that's the supercar appeal. It has to be insane, considerably yeah, better else. than else. So then, oh, for three hundred and twenty grand, it would need to be show-stopping. Yeah, but but also the chassis was amazing. They didn't then realise that they have a fully adjustable chassis and uh, a say launch control limited slip diff you can switch everything off and make it smoke the tires from from here to Portrush. you know it's just um, i think the biggest problem with a car like that that could do 100 and under six seconds is you know there's so much power how can you enjoy it unless you're doing loads of track days yeah first second you can't use as much <laughs> yeah totally. much of the power really yeah. at all you know in relation to what it has yeah well, well uh, didn't that, pay attention close the books yeah well that's that's why take stuff to the track because you can't use it on the road in fact some of the guys I was with the GT3 RS owners are like these cars are just completely useless on the road you just can't use them they're a license loser we can so, use them but you can't enjoy them well the way they're yeah. endowed exactly exactly and, and you know despite the performance these cars have people don't want to lose their license they need it yeah. for their jobs and all the rest you know so uh, that's why but uh, but anyway like just like I know I, I climbed back into the GT4 <laughs> and I was like <laughs> 50 miles an hour the whole way home. I was like, this is this fucking beetle. <laughs> no, <laughs> unbelievable. So, so yeah, I've had a bit of a time of it, which has just been uh, absolutely that's a decent week. Mad, mad. I'm sure, you've had worse weeks. Uh, I'll tell you, and one more thing before uh, you guys get on your soapbox about whatever it is, I was chatting to uh. Gethin from GTI and I on this Euro Trepping show I mentioned earlier and uh, recorded it. So I'll play that now. You hear all about uh, the show coming up uh, in a few weeks and it sounds absolutely awesome. And I tell you what, see if the weather is anything like we've had over the mm, last bang week or so, it'll be absolutely awesome. Gethin, great to have you on the show. Uh, just wanted to get a chat because as part of GTI and I, you guys host and run probably the most renowned car show here, car shows here in Northern Ireland, Dubshed, of course, Titanic Dubs and others. Um, and I'm going to blow a bit of smoke here, but they're great shows of scale. There's loads to see. The standard of cars and the variety is always incredible. And you have a genuine international following, which you know, you're bringing people over here from all over the place, which is just for North we Northern Ireland, it's just unbelievable but uh even you shall coming up uh very soon uh euro trap and we'll talk about that shortly but i did want to ask about uh lockdown and dubshed and and things like that because i knew it was one of the very first it was the big show of the year in april last year and and then suddenly three or four weeks before that we we're stuck in lockdown and like so that must have been fairly devastating for for you guys yeah, we were, well, first of all, thanks for inviting us on, Andy, and it's, it's great, great to join you here. Um, no, certainly last year in terms of books, I think it, it was definitely a bit of a roller coaster. You know, we had, you know, we'd done, we'd released all our entries, entries had actually closed. We had selected all the cars 
and I think it was maybe 10 days after that, you know, coronavirus started to really hit home here and we, we were looking at all the changes taking place in, in society and stuff and, you know, we're, at that point we were having to really give serious consideration to running the event and, and lo and behold, like, you know, a few days later, you know, we had to, we had to make that decision and I, I'm glad we, we made an early call on it, you know, I, I suppose what would have seemed a bit of a risk at that time but it was the right call and I think we we aptly praised for for that at the time that was the right decision to make like there's no way at the start of April like it was even anyway possible absolutely and I'm sure I'm sure these shows are a case of as soon as you finish one you're starting to plan for the next one so there's maybe 12 months planning plus but yeah that's 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 it. Like you know, Doug said, I, I don't know if people appreciate the amount of effort that actually does go into preparing for the event. Like you know, it's it's six months of you know continual meetings and you know making arrangements and making sure that we you know have the right things in, in the right place at the right time for open entries and announcing the dates and organising flyers and. It's just, it's a lot of work behind the scenes and, you know, we do rely heavily on volunteers for it as well. So in one sense, you know, it was disappointing, but I think all of us on the team were actually glad of a break for it, for what has turned out to be two years. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, we've had enough of the break and we're really, really keen to host another event. Which is you fantastic. Know, yeah, which is fantastic news because it's sort of, hopefully it's it's the sign of normality when when you're thinking of things things like this so so yeah. there's been a few cars and coffees and bits and pieces but but i see you guys have uh you've you posted up about euro treffen which is and you called it a meet rather than a show so so and it's a it's a new thing from gti and i so so what, what's it all about yeah look i think you know we, we ran our castle well event for 15 years um to the point that we actually went we weren't welcome back and it wasn't out of bad behaviour or anything like we just became more of a nuisance, more of a hindrance than anything. You know, Castlewell and Forest Park get very busy with park runs and mountain biking and all that stuff going on that, you know, we were probably taking up too much of the, the park area at, at probably their busiest weekend of the year. So they made it very difficult for us in the last year and we, we, we decided then that was enough. We just pulled the pin on it. So. I suppose ever since then we've been, you know, trying to find a new venue, new, new location, something to replace that date with. So um, there's a there's a place actually very local to where I live, um, which is where we're going to host the event. It's the, the Blue Circle Sealing Club or Blue Circle Boat Club. Um, it, it's a really really cool location that hasn't been used before. I think it's used by the scooter guys or something like that some serious amount of scooters there a few years back but no, nobody else has used it but the, the real nice thing about it is it's so secluded you know we, we have an exclusive access to it but it, it's surrounded by trees um but the reason for that the, the sort of meat theme is castle Wellman was always just a really relaxed sort of seen more of a meat than a show by, by us certainly um so i think you know, we wanted to carry that on and I suppose put a bit more emphasis on, you know, the fact that we have dog shed, it's our, it's our 
serious event for more, one of a better word. But you know, it's it's all about the, the show and the shine and the trophies and all the rest of it. Whereas this summer event, we want it to be just a super chill play event where people can come, meet up, park their cars up, you know, share their common interest in a common place and just, just relax. Yeah, ease us in gently. Absolutely, but you know, don't don't get me wrong. We're still going to do we're going to do a few trophies at it, like. But you know, it's it's all we're not we're not taking it too seriously, like. Great, great. Well, do you know what? That's just that's just what we need because, uh, having gone to a couple of events the last couple of weeks and they've just been sort of small, relaxed events, and they're absolutely packed. People are just, as you know, dying to get out and and, oh, and they've had pro- they've had projects yeah. they've been working on the last two years for maybe a show for last year that didn't that didn't happen yeah. so so everyone's everyone's super keen and, and and i can't wait and i think it's just a genius idea just to come up with something relaxing it's outside no one's going to feel any is- issues with uh proximity and all that sort of stuff so it's uh it's great and like how many you know what sort of size is the place how many cars do you think will you'll get in I think we're hoping for something slightly over our usual Castle Well number, so maybe 250 cars. But I suppose at this stage, Nigel and I were talking about this the other day, we're, we're nearly scared of over, overcooking it. Yeah. Um, you know, we do have a decent size area. We do have a decent amount of parking, but you know, it's, it's hard to gauge the, the demand at the moment. We were talking so, earlier earlier before before we started uh, uh, the show just about the, uh, the number of car enthusiasts in in northern ireland and and the reputation you guys have i i have no doubt that uh, it'll be a busy day well i just hope it's not too busy but yeah look we, we put her all into these events like and i think the key thing is we are we're genuine car enthusiasts like we don't we don't do it for any other reason if, if we did we'll be we'll be mad but um you know i hope our attention to detail and our attention to sort of adhering to safety and a, a bit of common sense, you know, has, has you know, carried us through the past oh, 17 years now we've been organising events. So. Ab- absolutely staggering uh, 17 years of of events. And we'll do, I, I would like to uh, have yourself and some of the other guys from GTA and I, I, and I on about yeah, all sure. those events and um, to talk about the whole story. We'll do we'll do a show on it some stage because it, it's just as as incredible as I said at the at the start was something that now has an international reputation to come to the wee Northern Ireland for a car show is just it's just class because we've always I've always known for years with RMS going to the, the big English shows like JAE and Billing or something like that or classic car yeah. show and all that sort of stuff to have something like that here is is I think it's an incredibly important thing that we must you know we must I, uh, grab hold of you know. I guess I guess that's what inspired us in the first place. You know, we we wanted to put on a decent decent events, and uh, yeah, it's quite cool though. Like, we don't really think of it like that. We're, we're still I think I think we're still fairly humble in the whole thing, and you know we we do try to stay grounded on it. Yeah, well, and to keep at it for for such a long time with so much clearly personal effort that goes in from your team side of things is just it's just unbelievable. But look. Really looking forward to Eurotrep, and so it's third uh, of July in, in the the Blue Circle Boat Club yeah. in in Larne. Um, yeah. Uh, what what side of Larne is that on? I'm. So just just we'll make it clear. Saturday the third of July, gates open at ten a.m. 
we haven't put a finish time on it because we want to see how it goes. That's a, a, a new one from us. <laughs> um, what side of Lauren is it on? It's it's between Kai Ferguson Lauren, but it's near near Lauren, yeah. unfortunately. But I, I do have a comfy two store on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good. Look, look, we absolutely look forward to that. There, um, that'll be that'll be absolutely class, and it's just, it's just yeah, just great. keep on our keep on our social media social media pages sure uh, for further updates. Um, we we were talking look, we have left it open at the minute, but if if we do find there is a lot of interest in this event, we we may have to start looking at at uh, pre ticket sales. So that that is. Sort of something we're looking at at the minute. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but um, we 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 can't have the event been too busy. Like there are still restrictions in place, so for sure. We just need to be careful. Sure, no, no worries. And all your social media, where where can people find you on your socials? Um, we are just double check this. <laughs> you would think I would have had re- had that research for you as well. Yeah. Please so. You, you can find us on GTINI underscore as our Instagram page. We're also GTINI on Facebook. Um, we are also on Dubshed on Instagram and Dubshed on Facebook. So most of our updates will be, all of our updates will be on GTINI will, on both social media or both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, so just look, subscribe to those. Make sure you, you catch up the latest on there. Excellent, excellent. And of course, uh, no doubt there'll be updates on, we'll see those in RMS on the forum as well. But uh, sure. thanks very much for uh, coming on for a quick chat. Very excited about the show. Uh, hopefully we see Dubshed next year. That's the plan, yeah. So we are provisionally booked for the first weekend in April. Um, obviously COVID permitting, but hopefully things are back to normal by then. Well, wonderful. Well, look, as I say, definitely like to have you all uh, on to talk about the the whole Dubshed and GTI and I story uh, sure. if you guys would be up for that at, at, at some stage but uh, good to talk to you no worries thanks Andy take it easy so yeah great to hear that uh, some shows are starting up now I was at the uh, Isle of Base Cars and Coffee a few weeks ago it was phenomenal the, um, the quality of stuff which uh, those guys always attract amazing cars but uh down at their premises just off Dargan there and uh, the people that turned up were people just dying to get out and uh, do something so really looking forward to uh, Euro Treffen and should be up there but I think that's about it for the news of the moment no not quite Fast and Furious Supra the 10 second Supra yeah sold yesterday Barrett Jackson Auctions how much? Jesus, no idea. Was this was this a stunt car, like a busted up car? Or was this was no? This, this show, was like the a, a, one of the hero cars. This it? was the car that they built. Because hmm. it's why I get confused. They always build loads, and which one is the real one? This is the the real Slim Shady. This is the versus the Ferrari one. Right. Oh yeah, what's the yeah. retail on that? Yeah. Okay. What is the retail on that? <laughs> what is the retail on that? Now we know it's more than we can afford. Uh, I don't know, half million dollars. $550,000 holy shit which was a record for fucking everything I presume $550,000 for an orange super that's mad that was mad and it will never be driven probably probably not probably can't be driven well I suppose what money would you give for a regular 
twin turbo manual and now it, it was it was an oddball super two because I presume it was a twin turbo manual but it was a Targa is that what it's called you, you've had one yeah, of these Gary so a, a Targa one you so what I recall I don't think you could buy them as a twin turbo manual I think they're autos only from memory but I could be wrong hoping the correction on that um but I I think what you can buy one name for is irrelevant. That's really a piece of movie memorabilia, and no, that's what that's sold as rather than a car. So they maybe pimp that out over the next twenty or oh, thirty yeah, years. Probably make a fortune out of it. Yeah. Fast and Furious Twenty, the Supers come back. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Bring it back. Well, petrol will be long gone by then. I'll probably be dead. But there you go. Yeah, but that's it's just you know it's, it's a piece of movie history now. It's like if you'd a gun from The Godfather or something. I'll never get driven the way it's spent. Thousand dollars. It's mad. It's a lot of money. You need nice. to be a big fan. Of the franchise. That's maybe the rock butt. Maybe. I don't think Vin Diesel's stupid enough to spunk 550 grand <laughs> on an old super. Well, maybe he is. Who knows? I don't know. I tell you what, if Paul Walker was still alive, that's the man who would have bought it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah true. I that's wonder actually who sold it. I wonder who had it. Who owned it? Yeah. Was it, so it wasn't owned by Universal or don't, whoever? Uh, I don't think so. Um always private collectors they sell these things off often at the end of films before they know how popular they're going to be you know 10 Sit- years down the line or 20 years down the line sitting in someone's garage for yeah. the last 20 years 20 years that'd be right 2001 mm-hmm. yeah, 2001 yeah wow mm-hmm. fucking hell getting old Vin Diesel hasn't aged today you mean getting yeah I'm old uh, I was wondering if we could call this podcast old as seen or old has been yeah. <laughs> old as shit so on the, the subject of record figures for car sale Richard Burns iconic Year 2000 Rally GB one in Suburban Prezza WRC car has just been sold for a record 610,000 at auction. That's sterling, not American dollars, Australian dollars, or anything else. Kicks the ass if you're yeah, uh, super considerate. Certainly does. Thanks, car. It's uh, both a focal point of Saru and Burns Rally success. The car itself is also lauded as one of the most original period WRC cars in existence on account of its original purchase directly from the finish line back in 2000. So this wasn't uh, bought anywhere else with a few males racked up on it ready and built up it was bought direct from Subaru so as as, as, as is yeah as is so as we know Richard sadly died from a, a brain tumour in 2005 but like his long time rival Colin McRae who passed away two years after that he's held in high esteem by rallying fans the world over and this is no doubt added to the correctability of value of such a vehicle 610,000 pounds yeah that's oh. a piece of rallying history yeah I suppose Something. I never really got Subarus and Evos I, I still well I probably still don't mm. they're they're too noisy and rattly and uncomfortable. But lots of fun. I, do you know? What yeah, they probably are great fun. I just, I just never really got it. It was never a, never a car that I wanted. To I own. wasn't in them, and then I bought a Tommy McLaren Evo, and I absolutely loved it. And then I wanted a Subaru after that, and I never got around to buying one. But I did test drive a P1 and a few others, and you know, they're good fun. They really were. I, I had a like a '97 Mega Blue, and I had, or no, it wasn't Mega Blue, reddish blue. It was mm. called sort of like light blue. It was lovely, and then I had a white. 2000 crystal light one both i i thought they were they were uh, fabulous just when you're saying about that richard burns car i think i'll post it in the show notes i listened to an interview with his co-driver recently and it was either it was the intercooler podcast or collecting cars or something like that but again a fascinating um driver another good podcast to listen to is uh chris harris interviewing nicky christ yeah as well that one yeah, which is a, a great show, Colin, Colin McRae's uh, um, co-driver. But yeah, rallying, like, uh, it's it's in our our blood over here. And that's part of the reason why something like that Yaris appeals as well, because of 
that homologation yeah. special turbo four wheel drive uh, carry on that we sort of haven't had for for 20 years and now we're sort of older and can just go and sign the dotted line for stupid things because midlife crisis and all that sort of stuff and it was always very sad them two guys you know that you know they were such huge giants of rallying and died at a young age within two years of each other bloody hell was that no idea but see if Colin Geddes walks in that door I'm going to flip and lose my <laughs> shit <laughs> Either that or someone stuffed a lorry into the front of your yard. <laughs> He's behind also you. about to lose my shit. <laughs> PPF didn't save that one. No. It's 620 grand though. That's a lot of money. Unbelievable. Speaking of a lot of money, Tesla have cancelled my lottery car. What was your lot? Your te- Tesla have cancelled your Tesla have cancelled my lottery car. Is the this because they won't take Bitcoin? No, they're back, take, they're back taking Bitcoin oh, again. He's, he's on the pump again. Yeah. Uh, the Model S played plus. Gone. Shelved. Why? Uh, Elon says, no need. The plate is just as good. All right, okay. And that's the end of that. It would have had 1,100 horsepower, 0 to 60 less than 2 seconds, and a 520-mile range. But the mighty, the mighty crypto influencer, Elon Musk, has decided no. So it's back to the drawing board on Dream EVs. Although, to be honest... I'd be buying that mad Rimac thing. Never seen a car accelerate like that in my life. Did you see what it did to that Ferrari? This is F90. This is the the never ah. Yeah. Never X. Oh my god. And the thing is, the SF90 is not a slow car. It is not a slow car. By any means. Absolutely. Horsepower. Smashed it to pieces. I've never seen a car take off like it. Two million quid. We'll post that in the show notes because that's that's an amazing drag race. It, It was unbelievable. I've been saying all along, I, I am well acknowledged as a combustion engine dinosaur. I've been in Tesla's, I've read huge amounts about them and others. Electric cars don't really do anything for me at all. And I know I'm swimming against the tide, but I'll probably be one of these diehards clinging on the internal combustion engine car until the very last minute. But with that said, I, I saw the video of the, the Rimac Nevera and I was just astonished by the sheer ferocity of it. Of all the things I've called you over the years, a combustion engine dinosaur was, 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 was down the list. One of the nicer ones, probably, yeah. <laughs> you've come out with. I never really got it at the start, but I'm a complete convert now, and especially yeah. that Rimac. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's the way electric stuff can just deliver the instant torque. It's unbelievable. And as always, the most exciting ones sort of come from nowhere. It's, it's not Ford or... Tesla or any big name, it's from Croatia, a lot of people haven't heard of it. Yeah, some mad you know, dude went, hmm. yeah, just let's all build the, this. All the big manufacturers are just on the back foot with yeah. with all the stuff. Even, on the wares. Even Toyota, with their 15 years of Prius, they were just, they were ahead of the game by miles, and then they fell asleep at the wheel, compared to the likes of yeah. um, Remax. So look, tell us about the... Well, the, the, the figures are as insane as the car itself. Um, it has four electric motors, one in each wheel. It produces a total of 1,914 horsepower and just under 1,700 pound-feet of torque or 2,300 newton metres if you're not imperial. 1,700 pound-feet of torque. Yeah. That was like... That's like something... That's a mountain. That's like a boat. That was like the Ever Given or whatever you called it. It got stuck in the yeah. Suez Canal. Got, that much it's got torque. a tow rope on that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, officially, it'll do not the 60 in a shade under two seconds, and it'll go on to 258 miles an hour top speed. And as we know, they put one up against an S. They put one up against an SF90, and it was totally demolished. It uh, was amazing. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. It was one of the videos that I, I'd flick through and go, oh, "Yeah, very good, very good, very good." But I actually went back and watched this like three or four times to see this thing take off the line. 
It's unbelievable. And even want to give the Ferrari a good head start. Just like, no, you're not winning. Just to see the reactions of oh, the guy know. who's driving it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, bad news, as, as is always a way of hypercars, it's going to be £1.73 million. Pounds. So out of the league of many of us. Um, I'll buy one of them with my lottery winnings. How, yeah. how much is an SF90? Is it half a million or something? Something like that, yeah. They, yeah, well, they were actually underpriced, weren't they? Because everyone, when they heard the SF90 was coming, thought it would be a million pound hypercar, the, the LaFerrari. And it wasn't. It was about half the price. It is a bargain at 376 grand before you auction it up. Well, you could, you, could have, you could have six. Mm. Six Ferraris. Can we have next one? Have one a day. I'd still rather have that Rimac. <laughs> yeah, that'll be Scrooge McDuck over there. Did, Gary, did you see the uh, interview that uh, with Matty Rimac? And I'm trying to think it was late break, break show with Johnny Smith. I did, yeah. Fascinating guy. Unbelievable. The mo- totally most down to earth, totally different character to Elon. Yeah. I'm about 20 years younger than expected. Yeah. He's what, mid, early, early to mid 30s. Yeah. And the way Johnny and him were talking, it was just like sort of us sitting around the table shooting the shit. You know I assume I mean? he's some bazillionaire, is he? No. Just some dude that wanted to make fast cars? Well, in, in fact, uh, he was saying that he actually doesn't own any of the cars he makes because the cars that he 1. makes... 1.73 million, I'm uh, freaking surprised. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's what he said. He actually is laughing about it, saying... like, He's like, I own a Z, Z4M Coupe. Uh, was it a 5 Series? Yeah. And he had a, a E30 M3 Evo 2 or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, those are my cars. Like normal cool you know, cars. Nothing that the average kind of car guy could know on really. Yeah. But, you know. Is he still is he some sort of mad scientist, mad engineer or something along those lines? So, I can make this work. Something like that. But he's also a huge ambassador for Croatia. Apparently it's like if foreign investors are coming in uh, to meet the president of the country, they take they take him to Rimac because Rimac is one of the like the things for Croatia and he is all about Croatian innovation and all the rest. He's totally he takes him for spinning those events. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't name another thing that came out of Croatia, to be honest. No, I know, and that's what he said. Djokovic, is he Croatian? Pass. No idea. I think he might be. Might be. We'll take a chance on that one. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Sounds Croatian. Some, Djokovic some, and Rimac. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, totally. So, like, he's, uh, he's out of this war-torn country where, you know, they were growing up with uh, power blackouts and not enough food and all the rest to turn into this. It's just... And just the guy who's bought this car demolished a Ferrari. Yeah, like a super fast. Djokovic is Serbian. Whoops. You've been a hitless summer now. Yeah, that's a pissed off the Serbians and so, the Croatians probably. So uh, yeah, what uh, I highly recommend. We'll post that link to that interview with Johnny Smith in the, in the show notes as well because it is, it's quite a story because uh, he not only that he's pl- su- supplying powertrains to all the big OEMs, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just uh, uh, he's, he's going to go places for sure. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh yeah, tell you another thing, and I meant to say this about when, we're, when I was talking about shows and stuff. We've booked NEC Classic Car Show. Yes, really looking forward to it. I've been many times, but I think this is. Have you been before, have you, Andy? Yes. Yeah, we once I, with you. Yes. What well, at least once. This will be the second time we've gone as a as a group, so I'm looking forward to it. Not just for the cars, but for the weekends, crack. Um, so interesting to see now, uh, post-COVID environment, what it's going to be like. You know, it's as as you know, even the NEC, it's a huge, huge complex, and they use all the halls for these cars, and it could take you a full day just to walk around the length of it. And I don't know how it's gonna be wearing face masks and all the rest. So classic car be beards seen. on tour. Classic car beards on tour, well, indeed. The stuff that I couldn't get over the yeah. Silverstone run the auction at it. I remember we were there before, and then standing on the screen was the 
the uh, was that Sierra Causey going for like yeah. 125 grand or something like that, and now that's been surpassed by so the stuff, the price of stuff at the moment is just. The first time I went was with my dad, and he said, I'm, I'm going to this classic show in England. This is years and years ago, you know, and I started, I assumed it was 50s and 60s cars, no real interest in it. But I went over anyway, and pleasantly surprised there was loads of e 30 m and RS Cosworths, all that kind of stuff, all the modern classics. And then obviously, they, the, it's such a big show and such a big draw that all the manufacturers come in with new stuff. So a couple of years ago, they had that brand new TVR Griffith, which is you had to pay release, that was there. and. Yep. Uh, the DB11 Aston Martin was a brand new out that was sitting there as well to be looked around. So it's got everything at the show, really, and lots of memorabilia and stands of got as well. Sorry about the noise, folks. That was me left, lifting a bottle of water and uh, like, cracking the whip. I'm trying to take the top of it off, and it's just, it's just crushing the bits. So you're probably everyone sitting in their car. It is from the co op. It is from the co op. This is our cheap co op water, yeah. The co op water's dead the, on. The bottles are just a little bit thinner. There'll probably be a couple of record breakers at that show, the way the money's going. Way yeah, the, prices the, are going. the auction's bit of it is fascinating. They normally have it, I think, on the Saturday. And um, they, the Silverstone bit is cordoned off, and you have to pay to get into it to actually look at the cars that you might want to bid on. So a lot of people don't pay, but we always stand around, and they've got the screens, and they are, they, you can watch the auction as it goes through and just see some of the cars jump up the insane prices. So it's kind of interesting to sit and watch. Yeah. And then bear in mind, too, that like, say a car does go, like a Cosworth for £80,000. There's then the Silverstone fee, the auction fee, there's a transaction fee. So in reality, maybe another thirty percent on top. Jesus. Yeah, and it's just mad. Like you talk about people watching watching an event like that, but when you're standing mm-hmm. watching someone who's lifting the hand at 150, mm-hmm. 300, 500 grand, you're like. And the most fun things actually when you're watching it, there's always some guy who's in China or someone he's bidding as well online, and uh, there's they get in a bid more with someone over here, and you can see the guy stand in front of you getting angry, you know, because he's losing out in the bid. Yeah. And, uh, Someone's just shouting in a bit at the last minute. There's a, there's a billionaire on the phone. Yeah. I've bidding against the screen. Someone's clicking at the far end, just looking, going for it. It's absolutely mad. So yeah, looking forward to that. That should be a good weekend. It's what, uh, November time, isn't it? Yeah, first week of November. You know, hopefully no more airlines go bust between now and then so we can Indeed. actually get over there. Yeah, uh, absolutely awesome. And see the uh, last weekend there, there was the player show at Goodwood. Great to see. It's, it's a great spot if anyone ever gets a chance to go to Goodwood for player show festival, speed revival, any of the meetings, and then like that. It is just petrol head uh, mecca, and it looks like there's some good pictures coming back from from that. I'm gonna have a rant. Shoot, it's it's about keys. I know. I mentioned bloody keys on every episode. Then we we talked through. I don't even know what it made the recording. We talked about can you, can you name all the key models, and you were able to nearly uh, knock, uh, knock out. You were yeah, a dynamo that day. I got a lot of them. Like <laughs> yeah, I got more than I really should have because yeah. I don't know what it is about bloody keys. But we get the shit ones. The UK mm-hmm. gets shit keys. Well, the Stinger I thought was 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 all right. The Stinger is the mm-hmm. exception. Yeah. America gets the K nine hundred, which is an S class. Mm-hmm. S class inverted commas. UK nope. The Cadenza 5 Series competitor, mm-hmm. UK, nope. The K5, which is a baby stinger, okay, not in the UK. The Telluride, which is the best looking SUV available, not sold in the UK. The Telluride is the best looking SUV. Seriously? Kind of, is that that? I'm going to show you a picture of it. The top one? Yeah. Well, that is actually... The uh, top one's got a Cadillac kind of look about it. It, it, has, it has that really uh, awful American design language where yeah. it's just square with square lights, yep. square sides. Looking the back of it is beautiful. 
And of course, in America, it cost $45,000 for a fully loaded one, which is about seven quid. With like a six litre V8? Uh, yeah, I think it's a four and a half litre petrol. But the best thing about kids, they come seriously loaded anyway. Yeah. Even in a basic poverty spec, if you want to call it that. They should bung a three litre TDI in it and make it available for the UK market. Fantastic. But, but we're getting a new Sportage next oh. year. Mm-hmm. And it's coming to the UK and it's bloody fantastic. It's really nice looking. I'm going to show you a picture of it. Let's see if it'll... Oh yeah, the key. Yes, yeah, that looks fantastic. I tell you what, I I will eat my words earlier. I was talking about EVs, yeah. and uh, that all the existing manufacturers are on the back foot. The manufacturers that are not on their back foot are Hyundai and Kia because they are streets ahead. They are on yeah. Tesla's uh, uh, back door. The EV6 GT, some point next year. Mm-hmm. I am a full fucking Kia fanboy now. I the, you, see, you seen the Ionic Five? Yeah. The, the video Johnny Smith did, took it out in the field and plugged a bouncy castle into it. Yep. Absolutely unbelievable. Pure class. Uh, Pure and, class. And then I had the Kona EV and it was, it was a cracker car. Yeah. I'm going to do my best yeah, not to talk for a while to a GT. There's, there's no issues with Kias apart from maybe a bit of badge snobbery. That's really the only problem. I think the cars are brilliant. They're and you get a massive warranty with them? Massive warranty, well optioned, they're reliable, everything else. I'm a full Kia fanboy. When you, you speak to someone who spends their life selling second-hand cars, and you probably find that some sort of Korean cars in their in their own personal list because they know of the issues that they have with VAG group cars or PSA group cars or whatever else. And that uh, up there with the Japanese stuff, the Korean stuff is probably the most reliable. I, I mentioned this in the show before the the, the myth of German build quality. Well, it is know, a myth. They, they are well engineered, but in terms of reliability, of electronics and everything else, gearboxes, and DPF, for fuck's sake. Bloody water bottle. I need a Homer Simpson style. I wonder if you could get a set of headphones which has an integrated water uh, treatment system. You get a big slurp then instead of a crack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to talk about keys for at least two more episodes then. I think I've spoken about keys now. Keys are good. Keys are good. Still less than your horses. Keys are good, but I have yet to buy one with my own own coin. Uh, Yeah. Don't know whether I'd buy one. You lease one for a couple of years, Gary, for the family and, and yeah. great job. Brilliant. The EV six GT thing looks cool, but yeah. I don't know how much it would be, and it's probably going to be reasonably expensive. Be a, a lease job, like one of them. Yeah. Be, well, probably less than a Tesla. Doesn't get the Tesla snobbery. There is something appealing about mm-hmm. going and buying a five-year-old Kia and still has the warranty. To me, getting an email. <laughs> From Kia. From Kia. <laughs> Please well, talk about Kia's more. Well, I actually just got a, a, a unbelievably from a Facebook message there from uh, Kevin Daly from uh, Daly's Hyundai, of course, uh, offering me an i30N for the test drive, which I did actually ask for before this podcast. And fair play to the man, he's coming through with the goods. So maybe in a couple of shows' time, we'll, we'll know what that's like. We'll maybe do a back to back with the. Uh, with the Yari and see what it's like. Get the GoPro in and give it a proper review. Totally. So, one thing we haven't been able, got a chance to do in the podcast yet is answer some questions from our listeners and the forum members. Of course, we asked in the forum and we've abs- been absolutely besieged by questions. The good news is, I didn't read any of them. You guys did, thank God. 
No, this would be good. We get your answers on the fly here. On the f- yeah, it's been too busy buying cars. I know exactly. Too busy swanning around in Porsches and I, Ferraris. Uh, my head has been in the clouds a bit recently. Like Rockefeller. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, Quattrick asks best and worst cars will be tuned. Then same again for cars we've not owned but have driven. Well, I have driven for me, absolutely bugger all. But worst car, super easy. Mercedes E230 Elegance in a mundane silver. I was doing a fair bit of driving up and down to Dublin at the time, so I wanted something comfortable and automatic. I once drove the majority of Dublin to Newry route with my feet in the passenger seat. Oh, nice. Impressive. Yeah, yeah. It was so crap. It looked like a value cap, and the centre locking didn't work, so I left it unlocked most of the time, and still nobody stole it. It was a piece of shit. <laughs> Utter garbage. Brutal. Best car? Probably my Audi A5, surprisingly. The one that, that needed an engine after a few thousand miles. But I really, really liked that car. I loved it. Loved everything about it. I sold it to a guy who shipped it off to Malaysia. Why did it need an engine? Uh, it had the TFSI oil consumption problem. Oh, right, okay. And fucked itself. Was it old? No, it was brand new. So if you bought a Kia, you wouldn't have that problem? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So did did Audi put an engine into it for you? Yes, they did. After three thousand miles. Uh, well, as as they should. That's unbelievable. As they should, it was. Uh, and then you were so disgusted, you sent it to. Um, what did you say, Malaysia? It's got sent to Malaysia. Yeah, Malaysia. the guy right. bought it off. Never to be seen again. And shipped it. Yeah, he shipped it with my number plate on it as well, so it was gone. <laughs> my R ninety CKO <laughs> number plate. I can't even get it back. I can't get it back Clock until the, the car comes back into the UK. Singapore, and it's never coming back. So <laughs> I'm completely buggered. I asked them, and they said no, no. Yeah, pretty devastating. I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done my homework for this question because I am now struggling, and I hope, Guy, you're going to buy me loads of time because you've you've driven. I'll, I'll buy everything. you a good ten seconds here if I can. <laughs> Best car I've owned, uh, probably the E92 BMW M3. Good choice. Not the fastest or the most modified or the most well spec car, but like all M3s, its party piece is that it manages to tick a lot of boxes while still feeling somewhat special and having that M car magic shine through. It just did everything well. And by contrast, I've had a Golf R, which in a similar way does a jack-of-all-trades thing. and is a great DOE, but it just doesn't have that same unique appeal that would make you get up earlier to go for driving on a Sunday morning. Uh, worst car, this is like really going back a long time, probably an old Corsa SRI 8 valve I had, which just did nothing for me. It was ropey as hell, handled like a banana. Uh, <laughs> just rattly, falling apart, everything. And... Special mention for Carlos Sainz GT4, which was an ST185 model, mm-hmm. if I recall. Pop-up headlight. Not the worst car, probably the most disappointing. Just bought that car thinking, oh, this is a, a rally hero, a true icon, and did nothing for me. Didn't feel any way fast or exciting or There was fun. a guy on the forum who had a black one, yeah. and we're going back a long time, maybe 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. And I, I think his name was Sai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember going down a back road and poured it down in his GT4. Right. It was unbelievable. He could steer that thing yeah. and back then I thought it was just the, was it just, chinned yes it was I mine was totally stock that's yeah. probably the problem <laughs> yeah. his was a flying machine yeah, yeah I, I remember your Sky the way it was like that greeny blue colour yeah. yeah it was a beautiful looking car and then you had you had an ST205 after that as well almost made it after you had the, 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 the next one and that was a totally different car much much better mm-hmm. it had about 60 horsepower more in furnace but just even just felt more lively and the road more agile everything yeah. you see there's, there's three cars that I would love to have owned so even though you say it's disappointing, mm-hmm. the ST one eight five, the pop up headlight GT four, then you had the two five ST two five, the Sega Rally WRC version, awesome, which had pretty much centre swing at the same power as your Yaris, yeah, and four wheel drive and all yeah. that, but 
was yeah. a two liter turbo. Yeah, true, true. And then and then of course you had a you had a, a six speed manual twin turbo super as well. Which gonna burst into tears now every time. <laughs> <laughs> Cars, cars you regret selling. Bad. Yeah. Uh, Rex also asked here, uh, cars you've not owned but have driven. Bugger all. Worst. Nothing. I haven't driven anything. No, you're absolutely useless. I've driven, if I've driven it, I bought it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to be here all day because you have driven everything. I've, I've driven everything. I'm, I'm not going to even start to go into them all, but Bentley GT was probably the most impressive one I've driven. Borrowed really? that for my wedding and drove it to the, uh, the church. And it was just it was something else, just classy and luxurious and, and elegant and so much power too. I always thought they they would be slow then because they're so heavy, but mm-hmm. it actually pulls like a tank, it really did. Well, the the most car the most impressive car I've been in that you've picked me up in is definitely the uh, eight fifty CSI. Oh yeah, V twelve manual was it three eighty brake something like that. Yeah. Uh, what what a car! I'd say that Ferrari has now superseded it on everything else. Yeah, well, I know, but yeah, with the Ferrari, it's just, uh, it's just an, another level for for me. Something I've I've driven, um, but it is a, it's probably a softer Ferrari. You know, there's probably mm-hmm. you know four eighty eight pistas like a track. I, think I can a race only, only imagine what those things drive like, especially opened up, the taps opened up on track must be just absolutely uh, unreal. Someday, I, yeah. I'd, I don't have good answers for for those questions. I, I have to say though, my um, speaking of GT4, my GT4 is is pretty special. It blows me away every time I drive it, and on track it is unbelievable. And yet you can still use it as you can still drive it to Dublin and back. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the day we run it, it's perfectly comfortable. Yeah, that's right. We, we took it in that run, fastest bolt. Yeah, goes really well, and it uh, just has its range of talents are so broad. Compared to the Lotus, although it need to be because the price difference. But yeah, I think Porsche really had a sweet spot with that model. Uh, I don't know about the worst car. Certainly, the uh, I thought my Evora was equally great as a road car, but disappointing as a track car. And mm. when you when I bought it to be both, it sort of really it really missed, and that's why I changed it for the for the Exige. But like, I'll have to think about uh, that and see what else I come up with. Because yeah, I've had a I've had a few things. Oh, yes, I know a couple of disappointments. EP3 Civic Type R. Oh, that's half the form against me. I'll tell you another. So I owned an EP3 Civic Type R yeah. after owning uh, EK VTI Civics yeah. and all the rest and having an Integra Type R, which was incredible. And Integra Type R was, was a high watermark. And EP3 was just poor in comparison. Mark 3 VR6 Golf. Absolute bag of shit. <laughs> They weigh about 45 tons, those. Yep, yep. They're just like an anvil with wheels. <laughs> the noise, the noise. The noise, yeah. I don't Pablo's Crado. I was never in a VR6 golf, but Crado had the same engine when it was... 2.9 two versus 2.8. 0.1 of a litre bigger for some reason. The Crado was a much better car, I think. Yeah, it sounded fantastic. Yeah, it sounded... That's one good. thing about it. No, Mark, Mark 3 VR6 golf. Absolute disappointment. Um, especially after driving something like a Mark II uh, 16-valve. Golf GTI, which is which is a great driving, good a good chassis, uh, or the cars of the day, the other contemporary cars of the day, like a three hundred six Rally, which is a much much better car. Back when Fusion were just making absolute barnstormers. Um, other disappointments are um, something like the VR four Galant, which is also mm. a 
terrible, terrible car. They're under part as balls. Oh, they? they're awful. Or terrible. Absolutely awful. But you know what I find common, the, the disappointments? It's the ones that sit between about 200 brake and 240 because they're not quite reaching the stratosphere of all them, you know, them freezing sippers are up around 280. Yep. But you got on them expecting them to be quick. I think that's always we felt that down. Yeah. So I, I actually thought, when you thought saw the police cruising around in VR4s, and I was like, oh, how cool are those yeah, guys? They could catch anything. I, and like, no, I They're was like, probably tuned to the balls. God help them. But no, they would need no. to be tuned to the balls. Because <laughs> they were awful. Mitsubishi GTO, before I forget, uh, was out in one of them. Heap of shit. Never again wanted to be in one, but thought I'd give another one a second chance, just in case it was a bad example. Nope. Nope. That was shit too. I remember someone telling me back in the day when GTOs were sort of semi-popular that mm-hmm. parts for them were a clean fortune. Mm-hmm. An absolute fortune. So you'd see them rotten beside someone's house. And everything was on them too. This yeah. is the thing. I so. need this thing. Oh, it's like four grand. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have that You would get a bug discount in the parts at least. Was it a twin turbo or the V6 you drove? Twin turbo. A twin turbo. Yeah. So, I, so, I've, so I've driven the V6 and it was the ordinary Mayvac or whatever it is. I've driven an FTO Mayvac as well. And the worst thing about driving an MV... Uh, uh, my VEC versus VTEC is VTEC exists, which is just was infinitely better back in the day. VTEC didn't blow up, my no. did. Yeah, <laughs> nightmare. But uh, sure, this is one for you two because it's <clears throat> it's our MSA and it's going back to the grand old days. It's not banger cruisy. It's not banger cruisy. So <laughs> I don't know or I don't care. Did you believe or sorry, yeah, it was Gambit? RMS is approaching its 20th birthday. 20th birthday? God, we all know. Unbelievable. Did you believe it would last this long? What do you think makes RMS forum activity say so strong while the majority of others, both local and national, have disappeared over the years as social media became mainstream? And then where do you see it in another 20 years? Because I remember not so long ago, Edition 38 disappeared. And Edition mm-hmm. 38 was a big forum. It was big, yeah. A huge forum. And the parts were amazing and the cars were amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, just, it just disappeared. Went up in smoke. Yeah, just gone. Logged on one day, not there anymore. I have no idea, because I've no idea why RMS got so popular. <laughs> Things just sort of happened. But uh, I certainly know that, like, I still really enjoy the forum, because, like, I wouldn't be doing this. In fact, this, doing this show is is great, because it's, like, a way to talk to people in a way that I don't think I could post, because yeah. of the role that I have to play in the forum, of sort of caretaking the place and looking after it and making sure it's going. But I like all sorts of sides of it. I like uh, it being sort of like a like a pub or a coffee shop or somewhere where people can come and talk about stuff that they like to talk about. And and I think we do that quite well in our mess. We sort of we keep the conversation going and we sort of we support all the other clubs. So you know you have Club GTI or I Left Base or whoever you are. Mm-hmm. You know all those people can coexist with RMS as well and all those people can go to their certain events and um, still post about it in RMS and then and then like the technical side of it like the forum I like the challenge of uh, the technical challenge of keeping the forum up to date but then it's become it's uh, it's difficult as well getting the, the, the blog's a big thing that I've always tried to uh, get people interested in and I really want to grow that and try and uh, if you ask me what I want to do with for the future it would be to get more people involved in that because I actually think there's a lot of talent on the forum that that really 
could be showcasing their wares some great photographers and all the rest that uh, there's some unbelievable people in the forum you yeah. ask a question mm-hmm. and there's an expert in it or someone who has five degrees in that particular subject and is, yeah. is willing to go yeah i'll help you yeah and even the standard of cars and the members cars oh. section is just there's off the charts yeah. right between the exact between the wealth of knowledge and the cars that people drive and and generally it's a good atmosphere and people are having good crack and all the rest yes there's sometimes people take things a wee bit close to the bar and and sometimes people take, take things too personally and all the rest. Get that in every form, you know, it's not exclusive to our mess or anything. But I don't know what has kept it going. And you never mind kept it busy. There's a lot of places now, yeah, that yeah. Have, just, have just died to death and pass. I think we're, we're probably following the sweet spot of a little bit too old for social media groups and things like that. So we'd rather use the forum rather yeah. than fucking about on Facebook trying to find this and that and how do you sort by new and... Here's the problem with with groups. You can't find anything. Yeah. If you need to know, right? How do you? Have you ever had a problem with the your driving license and blah blah blah? If someone posted that yesterday on a Facebook group, you'll see it. But if they posted that two months ago, yeah, you'll good. never you'll yeah. never find it. Mm-hmm. Impossible. Whereas that's the good thing about the forum. You can go, you go in and ask, and then um, those Facebook groups are quite closed. I think a forum is a bit more inclusive, and then suddenly if you go and reply to something that you want, you're interested in, then the emails go out yeah. to all the people who the alerts go out. Suddenly someone replies, and um, and then that information's there forever, and it's on Google and all the rest. And you just don't find that on yeah on it, on social media. It's gone. It, the the forum is fantastic to use. I've been there for a, a number of years now as well, after migrating over from the enemy. Yeah, I was. I haven't been there from day one, but it was probably day two. It was very short after you set it up, and certainly. Uh, actually did think it would go the distance. I always thought the forum was very well run, well moderated, and a, a very passionate user base. Uh, people here are also very helpful for each other and happy to share knowledge, and you can see that in some of the threads on RMS. You know, it's nothing to do with cars. It's just helping people out. There's the mental health thread. There's uh, offering services that people specialize in, things like that there. So. The struggles yeah. that people have had with COVID and all the rest yeah. and some people just trying to help them to work it out that's that's yeah. fantastic even uh, yesterday Ben put up a thing about quitting drinking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's right poured his heart out and a couple of other people went yeah absolutely well yeah. done yeah. I did the same thing yeah and you wouldn't get that on Facebook no, no. one gives a shit no because you don't you don't connect with people as you would people I, find, I always find a lot of club forums but are just forums and that's the thing RMS is a, more of a community feel yeah you'd, you'd notice yeah. that when it was on any of the owner club forums it was always uh this is off topic it's not related to yeah. the ford focus mark ii oh, right, okay yeah although sometimes in rms people think well why can't they talk about politics or the troubles or and it's like well because your viewpoint could flip in because 50 percent of people aren't going to like it no yeah if they can see there's going to be contentious stuff and that's something that will always just end up in a row yeah, and that's it. So that's why some of that stuff we, we just can't have. You, you have the, the benefit of hindsight. You've spotted these things before and how they've ended up. So. Oh, well, that's that's the other side of it too. It comes with 20 years of flipping baggage. Yeah. Of, yeah, we've been down this road before, so we'll just we'll just knock that on the uh, on the head. But hopefully, for the most part, people are free to talk about whatever they want as long as they're, mm-hmm. they have respectful. A, wee, a wee bit of courtesy for uh, for their fellow humans, which some people uh, yeah. do, do lack a wee bit. Just... Don't be a dick. Yeah. If you can help it. Just be dead on. Just be dead on. I'll add also, I'll give Andy a big head here, that he is consistently putting in the effort to keep running a tight ship and make sure the form software is up to date. 
lots of useful features and I know you've done like loads of upgrades over the years and that's another reason I think why people do come back it's being able to find stuff it's using all those features it's can I just smooth say, and easy to use I hate the members forum I hate it you don't like the way they <laughs> I hate the layout <laughs> it's impossible to find anything plus if someone has like oh this is my this is my rover that I've done 75 pages worth of modifications but the first image doesn't work doesn't load anything she can't see what it is <laughs> she's like I'm not reading that <laughs> balls to that please but if it was a bit of text you would, you please, would click on it please change it back we could change it back pretty please this is a weird one because I never really got this it was I think this is maybe before my time it was Pac-Man days this question well it's Pac-Man Rupert yep or, what, yeah, he Pac was Pac-Man was Rupert he believed to be Rupert mm-hmm so this is this is some uh, someone's uh, pseudonym on the forum, multiple usernames, which are which are of course ver- verboten. But we do enjoy people who think they can outsmart the system. I have two. I have Rocco and not Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo shouted at me for doing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so Ross Big Pimp asks, "Is Rupert still in the dungeon?" As the only non-pod in the podcast team, I'm intrigued. Is there a dungeon? Is Rupert still in there? Who else is in there? Do you have a secret forum to talk about us RMS regular peasants? And most importantly, how the fuck did Lions get made a mod before me? <laughs> well, uh, is yeah. Can, can I answer the Lions thing first? Yeah. There, there was kind of a there's a level you have to attain and you have to. Collect I'm the most 20... liked member on RMS. <laughs> no, you have to collect 24 catalytic converters and you become a mod. <laughs> Sorry, Lions. That's the greatest story ever. Uh, unbelievable. Well, like, do do we have a section where we talk about other users? We 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 have a section where we talk about particular incidents on the forum and how to handle them. And 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 you will find just to add uh, add to that. Generally, when there's something going on the forum, if it's not a simple issue that I can decide, I will put the question to the rest of the team, or vice versa. They'll put it, and we'll all we'll all discuss it to make sure that personalities we're trying to be as objective as possible yeah. and personalities don't come into it because that's always you always handle it the best way is by maybe sound it off right this this Rupert user is clearly uh, taking the piss so Rupert is still in the dungeon so Rupert was is still in the dungeon and uh, is the dungeon nearly full is there many people in the dungeon I can't talk about the dungeon due to my non-disclosure agreement <laughs> <sighs> I'd like to tell you Lions. Right, we're going to be here all night. Next. <laughs> uh, Dave Eager asks where the car scene is going uh, or what does your average younger generation car not get up to? We don't really seem to attract them on the forum. When I first viewed here, there were our pictures and queries about passenger tests and stuff. Now we buy Porsches, well, Andy does, <laughs> and talk about what wiper blades to buy. It's got very disconnected at times and certainly nearly fully disconnected to any young drivers. I, th- I think that, that's easy. The, the R drivers of RMS have stayed there and got old yeah. and they're now driving Ferraris and Porsches and AMG GTs and that's the answer but it's, it's, it's a good point of raises you know maybe we could do more in the form to appeal to younger drivers and entice them in and the, the thing is as well not only have we got older and moved with it but we are of the generate we're of the forum generation yeah whereas it's getting people well why would i use a forum when i can use a uh, social group and it's hard to sell that well you get more out of a forum if uh if you use it and we we modified back then because we could because insurance wasn't five grand mm-hmm. to do yeah. anything true and 
kids today, quite well, rightfully or wrongfully, aren't willing to bankrupt themselves like we did. But at the same time, I think there are some lurkers. There are definitely some younger members of the forum. We are, but could we be doing more, David? Absolutely. Uh, and all ears as to how how we do that, because we're certainly not turning people away. For example, uh, Steve Seven Fifty. Mm-hmm. Who Steve that buys all the BMWs? Mm-hmm. He is surprisingly young. Oh, is he? He's like twenty-two. See, there you go. And he's rolling around, and he's got two seven fifties mm-hmm. and a plethora of other old BMW yeah. crap that brilliant. Yeah, we slag him off for. Well, and and if there's one thing we could hope for, that someone who is really into the cars and home projects and all the rest, that we could pick them up. He America. is super knowledgeable about old BMWs and mm-hmm. doesn't mind turning his hand. But shockingly young. Because okay. he's on, uh, he's on the, the WhatsApp group complaining that he can't get insurance because he's right. not twenty five. Unbelievable! <laughs> like, well, why did you buy two seven fifties, you donkey? Look, that's just a, that's something you work out after you buy the car. You yeah, buy the car, clearly. And, yeah, yeah, and then he likes buying them in England and then going, oh, how do I get it back from England? What plane do I get? What boat do I get? I would say too. Um, obviously, the car model fencing is you know it's. It's gone down considerably from the days that we were kind of doing it, and EVs have become more popular. So maybe young people nowadays just aren't modifying cars, and they don't feel the need to go on and discuss this in forums and talk. You know, you still have car enthusiasts, but not in the same way. And then you have social media like Facebook has grown, and you have more smaller meets, cars and coffee meets, and things like that there. So it's a combination of factors. But I think you know the fact that RMS is still going strong and still attracts plenty of new members every year. It's, you know, it's a testament to it. And our next questioner is Big Pete, today's host, and he's come up to talk to us here. He's taken, the, he set down the buff for a minute. Uh, Pete, thanks very much for having us here. No first problem. And uh, looking after the Yaris for a few days. So, first of all, I want to know what are you going to do to my car? So. Uh, when you get a brand new car, getting protection on it right from the get-go and more importantly not letting the dealership touch it is basically protecting what you spent all your money on and making your life a lot easier going forward. So what we're doing with your car is what we call our new car prep where we get rid of all of the iron folate contamination from it being transported essentially. Um, any other bonded contamination and then we machine polish it so that does two different things gets rid of any imperfections from the factory, especially those are pretty much a hand-built car, so there's going to be abrasions where people have been manhandling it, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then it also improves the finish of it, so it'll look sharper than it does now. Uh, and then after that, it's about putting the protection on it, so you're getting mm-hmm. Crystal Sear Ultra, which is our highest level of ceramic protection. Uh, wheels will get coated with C5 wheel armour, and then we'll coat the glass, and interior basically a coating for every different surface so just means that it's simple wash maintenance from that point forward and it'll look a lot better than a car that has a coat of wax for example happy days and as you as i asked you before bringing the car down i actually told toyota just leave everything on it so it's come here with basically the shrink 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 wrap still on it you know perfect way to get to get a new car delivered that's where most of the damage happens is at the dealership and it's because they just don't have the time or the equipment to prepare a car properly and yeah. it, 
especially on today's car, paint is not what it used to be. So one poor wash is enough to put defects in that can actually be now too deep to fix. So getting it at this stage means the car's the best chance of being perfect right from the start. So it's definitely if you're getting a new car that's the way to get it. Awesome. Is is like that and um it's not that expensive, especially compared to Super Guard or Life Shiner or all the balls that dealerships <laughs> offer. <laughs> 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 Don't go back. <laughs> 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 but here, no, that, that that's awesome. I'm like uh, more than happy to have the car here. And and thanks so much for again for for hosting the podcast. Absolutely mind blowing that that Colin Gellis is up here <laughs> as well. We we heard uh, some someone come up the stairs and he's like, "Fuck imagine if he came in, lose lose our shit." Absolutely awesome. So and I've looked as I've said already. Love to have have me on the show. So tell us about what you're driving, by the way. So we were talking about that earlier on, so you have... Too many cars. Yeah. So <laughs> I was going to say, you must be like, Never too like six or seven of them. No, so you've, 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 got, you've got the yellow Cayman. Yeah, so two, that's my baby. I'll never sell that car. Two, that's, that's 2.7, is it? Yeah, 2.7, yeah. With, so, with a kit on it, the black wheels. And yeah, it's far from a standard car now. Quite a lot of suspension work. Um, I put a limit slip diff on it. Brilliant. Um, just... If they ever made a GT4 of that generation, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I wanted to build when I started with that car. Except I didn't want the chocolate 3.4 engine. So yeah. at 2.7 was a safer base to start with. But yeah, that's that's the baby. And then every day I have a Range Rover, mm-hmm. um, one of the full fads. It's currently broke a crank in half. So that's oh my God. doing what Range Rover's doing. Range Rover stuff. Standard JLR product. Yeah, so... Uh, three years of trouble-free driving, and now it needs an engine. But Fan <laughs> trouble. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, most of the time driving an M4. So yeah, and but and we were talking about this as uh, we were coming up the stairs there, that uh, they are so quick. And then you were saying, well, yours isn't just no. a standard car. No, it's uh, it's. I think mine's around five twenty and around that. So it's ridiculously quick. It's far, far too fast in the wet. But yeah. Um, it's the first car I've had in a long time where I still haven't got used to the power. <laughs> you know, normally you get used to it and it fades slow after a while. This car hasn't ever yeah. got to that stage now. So. DCT. Yeah, DCT. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they they have so much go. Even even standard. It's the it's the amount of torque and the way it come it just comes in the middle of the rev range and it just it just brings the makes, traction light on. It makes them quite hard to drive though, which like I, I didn't like them in the first. I, I've always loved the look of them. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm a big M car guy, obviously, and um, when they first went, I drove them. They actually really disappointed me because I was used to the the earlier cars, the, especially the forty sixes and the ninety twos. We really have to wring their neck, and yeah. but it makes them a really nice car to drive like a hooligan. Yeah, where that isn't just so easy to drive yeah. like a hooligan. It, um, scary yeah. quite easily so. ah, if you go sitting in, in heavy rain and traffic and you just you just light it up yeah. without even trying yeah coming on the motorways and stuff you have to really yeah. feed the throttle and you can't just bury it the way yeah. you could with the, the older stuff but, <laughs> but I like it a lot and I didn't think I would so yeah I think they're I think they're at the, especially at the moment they're fantastic value like yeah. what else do you buy for the money you super know? buy like, it really is super buy yeah. and I don't Really see them dropping a huge no. amount. So. What do you think of the new ones? Is that a topic we've discussed many times? They're not as bad in person. Um, They're not. Those grills aren't as bad at all. Once there's a number plate on, it kind of breaks them up a bit. Yeah. I think the M3 is a nicer looking car. Yeah. 
Um, it hides the strange lines a bit better, but I'll see when I drive one. A, a four-wheel drive M car feels so wrong. Have <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you been on a few of the other ones? Uh, and they're heavier too. They're yeah. what seventeen hundred kilometers or yeah. something. Like that. You know, they're they're a break of a car, but they're five hundred brake out of the box. Yeah, I had a race with one on uh, we'll say a private road. Um, and I sound the pod when you were there yeah, last, yeah. last week. He was. I think the guy was quite surprised that uh, an old model one blew him under the weeds, but um, it actually was quicker than I expected it to be. Where, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I'd really blow him under the weeds, and, it, and it, it wasn't just as bad as that. So. Uh, be good to get a driving one. So see what they're really like. Yeah, I remember when the M4 first came out, and I had the three three five D at the time mapped, and uh, I saw it come up behind me. It was sitting behind me in traffic, and then I went for it, and he just went past me like I was standing still. And he's like, "What?" Where if he'd have raced the ninety two V M three, the three three five D probably would have. Give it a very hard time. The same car would wipe the floor with the same generation of RS5 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. you know? So it just gives you the indication of how fast those cars are. Yeah, like they're, just, they're crazy. So they're yeah, really well, they're a quarter mile, 12 seconds out of the box or something like that. You know, it's not slow. Not slow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Look, I look forward to getting my Yaris back because I have done like 10 miles of it. I've driven it from Toyota to home and then to here. And then once you've it coded and... Uh, all the rest, I can't wait to get it out. Like and then you've get a thousand run. dull miles to do. Six hundred dull miles. Six hundred, not so bad. Nah, that'd probably be a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so have you anything planned? Pete, did I see you were doing something about, about a, a safe wash day? Yeah, we're going to do, um, the, these mornings are free. Um, so basically it's how to maintain a coated car. It's something that people always get wrong. They do far too much and mix and match their brands. And it, it that's how people end up being disappointed with their coatings because mm. they don't listen to the advice of how to maintain it. So these days, it's an hour and a half, two hours of your time, mm-hmm. and it will show you the exact way how to do it, and it really is simple and quick. So um, we try and do them Saturday mornings, so it gives people an opportunity to be off work and things, um, and we'll date up. I would say we'll be doing it middle of July and around then. So. Awesome. Um, and where, where will people find information on that? Uh, I'll be posting it on RMS and I'll be posting it on our socials as well. So yeah. keep an eye out on them, and then hopefully we'll get another cars and coffee meet. Um, but we'll probably do that towards August. For there's a lot of car stuff now starting to happen. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, that's good. We were just we're, I was talking to uh, Gethin from GTI and I about this Euro trapping show up in Lawrence. Yeah, it yeah, looks awesome. So so no, there's there's plenty to come. But uh, another thing we want to ask you, so you've actually asked us a question on the forum, but we're, you're actually physically here, so yeah. you need to ask the question. Uh, I think I asked was, what, if you could go back to the day like, that we all came from, from modifying cars, what modification would you want to bring back again? Larry body kits. I love the Larry body kit. No, they were terrible. As much fiberglass <laughs> as possible. Wings West. Kingdom, Ve- Kingdom Developments. Gary. Like Veilside or something like that. Yeah. Gary's still waiting on his Kingdom Development spoiler. Yes. Gary Young, remember him? With the uh-huh. Fiesta? Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah, he didn't get it painted because he was sitting on the spoiler. <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> still has <laughs> around. Lost in the post. That was the thing, too, back then. Like, you couldn't afford. You, you could afford the kit, or you couldn't afford to get it painted, or someone let you down, or. If you didn't ever. If you weren't forcing yourself to get it ready for a show. Although some people just threw stuff into shows without. Get the stuff painted yeah. and all too. It, it, the thing I loved about back then was though you went to a car show 
everything was different. You yeah. know, yes, there were trends, but you could spend time really appreciating each car. Some cars were horrible, mm-hmm. obviously, but still they were so totally different from, from each other. Well, just air and wheels. Yeah. I still yeah. have the airbrushing, as you would see in a lot of them. You don't really see much of that now. Yeah. yeah Some of it was real talent. Audio would be the mm-hmm. thing I miss the most. You're I, right. I actually got the guys at Blackline to put, when I bought that M4, didn't have the Harman Kardon. Mm-hmm. And I like my sounds in a car, so I got them and they and they put Rockford Fosgate stuff in it. It's got a sub and all in the boot mm-hmm. now, and it's like, this is so good. <laughs> it yeah, just yeah, took yeah. me back to. Yeah, yeah. I've, to I've had Gary doing a wee bit of work for the, on the GT4 as well. Gary McCarroll. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He is incredibly talented. Unbelievable. He is incredibly talented. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that the audio stuff, but the audio stuff really difficult to do now too because yeah, of the like, infotainment system and all the rest. Yeah. Well, the good thing is though they can integrate it. Like I, my the system they put in the M4 uses all of the, you know, you wouldn't know it was in the car. Yeah. They use an Audison processor and it, it sorts everything out. So. Class. It's good to have good music again. Yeah. On <laughs> a, a sub. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Vibrating the windows. I'm not having to tear the car apart to get it. Class. Class. So, any other any mods you'd like to see back, Gary? Well, I, I was going to say body kits, but Craig beat me to it. So, my one's a bit of a jokey one. I would say go faster stripes. So, I grew up working in my dad's garage. And part of the prep for selling a used car, which was the usual service, teacup polish, all that, usually involved adding stripes up the side. And go back to the 80s here. And it, it was a dark art, see, trying to apply them, the red line in the car and get them on straight. You know, you could have 50 goes at it before you would get it right. I, and then I, you would get better over time. I thought easy. part of that was, that's not particularly in your case, but in general cases, you used that so the painter had somewhere to paint it. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the red point. You know. <laughs> I remember taking a couple of stripes off an GSI carton we had, and it was just, uh, it's like, oh, yep, there's the lacquer <laughs> right across the door. <laughs> So when my dad had totally mastered it, I just remember like, he, had, he had guys working there and he would get down, they'd go put a strip on, they'd be taking like an hour and they couldn't get it straight until it was halfway up the door and all this here and he'd go over and do it with his eyes closed, you know, and I could never work out how he could do it so quick. And then they, they obviously died off, you know, but it, it was kind of a, a funny thing at the time. But some of that stuff too you can get uh, now from the factory, so you can buy like a, a mini and you take a few boxes and get all sorts of shit stuck to it. Yeah. Or Mustang or whatever else, you know. Well, the thing now, I suppose, is the, is the stripes down the bonnet, they keep up the Mustang and stuff like that. They, yeah. They, they've been around a long time, they never really died off. They're mm-hmm. still popular. Does anyone remember the blue Renault Megane Scenic? Used to go around Bangor with the white Viper stripes on. <laughs> <laughs> you won't have to remember too far because that was me. <laughs> <laughs> 17 Viper striped by mother's Megane oh Scenic. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> supercharged Vietnam. <laughs> it was a 1.6 petrol. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, fucking, it looks like I've ever told anybody that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I did put neons in the Corolla. And yeah. you, I saw you slagging a G6 Corolla the other day, and I was like, oh, it's true. I had it hurts. The, <laughs> I had the misery. When I was a car dealer, so when I left working with Robert, mm-hmm. and, I, and I wanted to do detail full time, but there wasn't enough mm-hmm. work. So I had a car dealer as well, and I bought a G6 Corolla that was pink, and I, I was like, I'll buff that, yeah. be bright red again, and I'll, I'll make a fortune. And it was only when we got it back and realised it in the doors, it was actually <laughs> pink. <laughs> that was the colour of the car. So. No amount of buffing. No. But you're doing some sort of uh, stock car thing or something like that there, was that what it was for? We're, we're doing a... 
uh, so a group of friends were doing like one of these budget banger rallies. Mm-hmm. So we're doing cork and back in, in two days. And the car can't be any more than 500 quid. And it's amazing what you can't buy for 500 pounds anymore yeah. now. So yeah, 500 pounds buys you nothing. Uh, you can buy any amount of mundane stuff, but you mm-hmm. can't buy anything interesting whatsoever. Um, they've brought bought some pretty interesting cars so far, uh, but I'm not having any luck at all. It's yeah. like a rusty nut string, isn't it? What, oh, why is rusty? £500 limit, not too. Yeah. Something like that. But, but that's like the price, should the price of stuff at the moment, too. The car market's flipping bonkers. Ma- madness, yeah. Absolutely mental. So it is, we were talking about those Yaris's there, you know, they're all going for overs and all at the moment, and... It's crazy. You can't, you can't buy anything or anything you do buy now. It's hard to know. Well, is the earth gonna fall out of everything, or what's gonna happen when yeah. all the world opens again? And yeah, at the minute people are just spending money that they can't spend on holidays. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. This question kind of nearly suits because there's a uh, there's a budget involved. Uh, I'll let see. Hopefully. A pronounce that correct what would you choose for a budget sub three grand modern classic Ooh. I tell you what a couple of years ago we used to be able to buy a 205 GTI for three grand but not anymore they even even them they've went up I bought one for 500 and roller pinned it for lens rallies there was a five door uh, Mark II Golf GTI 8 valve on collecting cars there sold a couple of months ago for 2800 quid or something like that. I thought that was cheap. 100, 160k or something like that. Yeah. But that's. It's a hard one because you need to be getting a real bargain, but you can be buying a real flipping meal. I uh, think I'd go Clio 172. You're hard pushed to buy one for that price yeah. now. I've seen a couple of thoroughly ropey ones on eBay. Yeah. If he wants to spend 3000 the thoroughly ropey one, I'll sell him. <laughs> <laughs> So not only have has Craig uh, found the car, but we've actually gone for sale on the, on the show. Or um, I, I showed the guys this before, and they hadn't seen it. It was the Mark One TT. This one's on Car and Classic. You may have seen this before, Pete. It is pre. Oh shit! I've flipped it over. Rear spoiler. Oh, that's bound to be really rare. Yeah, not too many of them around because they're all upside down. Is it a three point two V six? No, it's a one point eight two two five. Isn't? I had a V six. Um, I didn't re- mention that for any reason. No, I had one. I just good car. I know you had that. I know the good chassis. <laughs> I had a one point two, one point two, two five. I just felt a wee bit choked that engine. I always felt that, that you know three point two V six added like two hundred forty horsepower, and you think the BMW equivalent was up around three twenty or something out there. So it just felt like it needed a wee bit more go. But does it or does it not come with a free membership to the last owners club? It does <laughs> <laughs> always included. <laughs> I saw mine, remember a few weeks ago, someone was sending around a, an ad for a TT. Uh-huh. And I looked and I thought, holy shit, that's the same rides that I had in mine. Mine was silver, same as that one you just put up. This one was black with white arches, uh-huh. a big high rise spoiler in the back, and <laughs> 22 inch wheels, and that shit would have done it. So someone has totally butchered it. <laughs> yeah, so don't bring all those mods back. I remember Gary Duff had a 3.2 V6 Sport mm. one. Which was, he had like 550 horsepower or something. It was crazy. Supercharger quick. or something. Yeah, it was yeah. mad quick. So maybe a Mark 1 TT with an odd engine. Maybe a nice, maybe a nice 3.2 V6 auto or something. Did they do an auto with them? Something that really no DSG. one wants. Something was like it that. Yeah, early days. Was that newer ones? I think that pre, oh shit, it's upside down. Spoiler. TT's 
class, two and a half grand. But you'll, know, you'll flip it up. But you could die. It's, yeah, it's stressing the old classic status. Like, I don't know how... Be 20 years old. Mm. Just because a car is 20 years old doesn't mean it's... It, the Mark 1 TT is a classic. Shut your face. It's, it's like the Beetle of that era. It's like the dashboard <laughs> is like from the front of the car to the back seat. Not ridiculous. The revised golf or the revised beetle. Like you just rest your kneecaps and it, it helps. Belt. It does help if you're in normal shape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my suggestion was actually uh, EB3 type or Civic, which I know you're probably all going to say, no, I want to buy a Civic, but I think they are a good car. 200 horsepower. I think for that sort of money. High rev engine, which you won't get anymore. Even though I answered the, what car did I. Probably one of my hated cars was the EP3. Was mm-hmm. would you get one for three grand? Just about. Yeah. Do you haggle with? <laughs> There's no haggling mode. The price goes up as yeah. As soon as you go. Pete, what about you? I know you're in the money for a bright yellow Hyundai Amica at the minute. Yeah. So. Uh, what? Amicas. That's high Amica and Amicas floating my boat. That's uh, probably yours. Uh, if I was buying something that money, I'd probably buy a Mark One MX5. Mm. <laughs> Good shot. I didn't think about the MX-5. But under three grand, how rotten is it going to be for that? They don't seem to have hugely appreciated it yet. Mm-hmm. But um, they're all rotten. Like my race car was... It passed MOT and then when we took it apart it was so rotten. So yeah. even a good one doesn't necessarily mean it's a good one. They, look, I will give you that. They are a classic. What's Mark 1? When was it going? 89 yeah, years old? Yeah. 32 year old car now. Question for you, Andy, because you have some experience in Smart 2 Golf GTA. Would you get one of them? You'd never get one. Not from your uncle or this? <laughs> no, I know. I, I couldn't buy the one in the family for, for love nor money, but uh, I did try. But uh, I don't think you would ever. Would you get even a plain Mark? You could maybe get a Mark 2 Golf driver. Yeah. Mm. Like Coog bought, uh, well, like bought a nice, but it's not really, is it really a classic? Mark 2, yeah. Mark 2 is definitely a classic. Even, even if it's not a GTI or a. Wouldn't be the most exciting. <laughs> no. <laughs> the driver's got a 1.3, is it? I don't know. I think it's a 1.3. Like 70 brake or something. Yeah. Like Might feel exciting because cars are so soft nowadays. I'd be Bouncing like, down the road. It'd be like, like, the <laughs> experience of a, an old car now, though, like I bought a E34 5 Series mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, and it's only a 520. Like it's, mm. uh, it's so slow, it's unbelievable. But it's just such a different experience to drive it compared mm-hmm. to a modern car now. Um, it's you could buy one of those for about three grand. But it isn't exciting, but yeah, is it really a classic? I hope so. Five forty, not cheap. Wouldn't be a great buy. It should be called car and classic and some shite. <laughs> this is literally so the same. <laughs> See what else do I have? Try buy an E34 M5 or any M5 mm. for that matter. Have you seen what E39 M5s are selling oh, for now? Frightening. Absolutely frightening. In fact, I was talking to someone recently who was looking at buying a real low miler, like 20k on the clock, a facelift car, like 01 onwards, with the angel eyes and whatever that I have in the two tone leather and all. And I think he was talking the guts of 50 grand. It's insane. Bloody hell. You need to be a big fan for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you have one in the family, Gary? You've got a real yes, special one. there's a few. There's okay. two of them. <laughs> that real fancy one. no more. That real, that's, that real super fancy one. I'll have to get an update on it. Yeah, yeah. Update is, hasn't been driven anymore since Austin. That's supercharged? 
No, 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 it's a standard engine. It's a standard engine? Yeah, oh, super it's classy. a super low mileage. It's a class. It has a lot of stuff done to it as well. And like Everybody audio and stuff. Uh, Brakes and wheels. Brakes and wheels. Sound system? Mm-hmm. Which is strange. Like, yeah. My, my dad not any sound systems. They're a beautiful. came off the car. So. They're a beautiful car. Rob and RMS yeah. had a lovely, he did a lovely rest. Yeah, we had it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Detail. Unbelievable. But, uh, it was the same car I think as the one we have. It was, um, I forget the name, Infrasouth. The one we got there. It's quite a rare car. It's a nice mm-hmm. motor. Funnily enough, really randomly, when I was down at the Isle of Base thing, I was chatting to Adam, who obviously has his E28, and we're saying about how many E28 M5s that, God knows why we started talking about this, E28 M5s that Tom Cruise destroyed in uh, was it Fa- or, uh, Mission Impossible 6 or something like that, doing that, that chase. It's like they are a stunning car, but they're in there, 50, 60 grand. Everything is just. Especially last mental. year. Yeah. Oh. Did you see the video of him? Remember he drove into a pillar or something? This was like a behind the scenes shot. Uh-huh. Somebody released the video. Just just probably hopped into all of it. I absolutely did. This is pub number one house. There you go, Tom. There's another flipping classic you can ruin. But, uh, I just thought of something else for the modern classic. 328 Sport E36. Not by one for three no, 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 no. You, you would hardly buy a 318. Really? That price thing, yeah. Everything's gone. That's crazy. We're buggered. No. There's, there's nothing. And then the arse, the arse has to. Well, although we've said that the arse should follow the classic car market for the last 10 years. Really? And it hasn't. Everything's just went stratospheric. Yeah. Look at. Uh, Skylines of all shapes and forms, like our 34 GTRs are now Over 100 grand. Yeah. Easy money. Mental. NSXs. Yeah. Oh, I do like an NSX. Mm. Big fan of the NSX. And then I have like a, a late NSXR with the fixed lights rather than the pop up lights and championship white. It'd be a quarter of a million million for them, wouldn't you? I have no idea. Although although the new one, I don't think anyone wants the new ones, the hybrid. I, I love them. I think they're, if, if I won the lottery, that's actually what I've gone by. It's brand new NSX just because no one has one. The drives, yeah. they're mm-hmm. massive money though, aren't they? No, well, these ones now are going for giddy. I think they're not crazy. Depre- depreciated. Oh, I thought they were like one hundred and fifty thousand. Maybe new, yeah, but like they've, they've dropped like a stone. Oh, so there you go, bargain. If you're looking yeah. for a car, used car bargain. Yeah, yeah. NSX. Yeah, yeah. what you could buy for sub three. There's <laughs> one for eighty. Let's see. Eddie asks, take a car you hate with a passion. God. Narrow that one down. You may as well hang around for this, Pete, because sure, you're going to get a bit of value. Anyway. Yes, <laughs> and try to pick several good points for why you may or may not sell it to the public. It's like creating an advert on something you hate, but you have to sell it on its merits. Dead easy. Episode 1, the M3, M4. Specs can't be argued with. It's 510 horsepower. It's at 4 seconds, 0 to 60, and that's very impressive for a car that could carry the family. Tears are superb. Range of colours is excellent, especially that lovely green colour. Big fan of that. Green is lovely. Yeah, the green is nice. I tell you what's not... That, uh, did you see the M4 press car? It was like that sort of yellowy, diary oh, yeah. colour. Oh. It's hideous. It not it's awful. Thank Again, God. it's not as bad and perfect. It's free. Really? Yeah. It would indeed not be. Can we give a shout out to former member Woodcutter, who is obsessed with green cars? <laughs> green everything. everything must be green. Yep. This, this one's for you, G. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the against. It's slab-sided, the front's an abomination. And if you told me it was the new Kia, Jesus, not again. Stinger 2, I'd believe you. And it's seventy six thousand pounds. Yeah, it's some jump off over the what was the F eighty sixty k F even, which was a jump again over the last one. So yeah, they've just sort of there's no spec though, so uh, you can't really add anything to them. Whereas if you bought a F eighty gen car, you put twenty k options in them, pretty 
easily. Where with this car, there's it's not really color, and that's it. Pretty much, yeah. It's, and it's competition, and so it has everything. Yeah, I think pretty much you put the seats in it, or mm-hmm. or not, and that's that's it really. So. Seats are amazing. They are absolutely incredible. Though they're deep, like mm-hmm. not easy again. Like, oh, no, they're class, absolutely class. I've no other good answer for that question. Do you have an answer for that? I question? do, and it's ironically another BMW, and we're, we're not picking on them deliberately. It's the two series Active Tour. Oh fuck! That's a crap. I'll, I'll go for the pros. Just get them out of the way. German build quality, spacious inside for a compact model, upmarket interior with good quality materials and kit, and a decent range of engines. Is any good BMW salesman will tell you. It's a two series. That fine as an MPV. That's why I hate it. Just, why can't they just let it be a two series? It looks wrong. BMW call it further diversification of the brand. I call it dilution of the brand. Yep. yep. There's a lot of two series, isn't there? Yeah, and then I like I think a wee two series coupe is a class looking yep. wee car, and then two three five i m two forty i brilliant cars. But like when you stretch it in an MPV, it just goes wrong. wrong. I'm sure, totally it's like it's like the five series GT thing, absolute hor- horrendous dog shit. Yeah, the thing, and um, even I can't really get on with a four series GC. Hmm. Whereas six series my shape the Grand Coupe, mm-hmm. and that beautiful looking car, love the eight. Eight series. Eight is uh, eight series is incredible. Even the four door. Yeah. 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 Absolutely fantastic. Love them. They don't do an M eight or do they do an M eight? Yeah, they do. do. Sure, that's cheap. With the five series twin turbo engine, on, does it? I'm not honestly sure what's in that. No, I don't know either. What we're looking at here. You. I've not only missed a question. Oh, I missed one. <laughs> you missed a question. Did I miss one? Positor. Who did I miss? No, let's let's leave that in. I've obviously completely fucked him up. Oh, sorry. Uh, your favourite car advert for back of the day? Do you remember the Honda Accord advert with all the bits and parts and stuff? Right, I had I had a, a Honda Accord exactly like that. Did it fall car. apart like that? Bits and no, parts and stuff. No, but it did have the uh, electric bootleg. But they didn't put in the popping turbo, which mine had. Oh, very fancy. <laughs> I thought that that was one of the best I've ever seen. It was so That's unbelievable. Filmed in one right. take. Everyone yeah. thought it was all CGI and stuff, but it wasn't. It was all. In one take, class. Well, the valves and all knocking off each other, and uh, just windscreen yeah. wipers crawling across the floor. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Bonding. The Audi R8, any Audi R8 advert, the Commander one with the David Bowie soundtrack. Yeah. Or the Cinema one with the taking the back off, and let the V10 scream, yeah. and that was it. On a ruler. Watching a movie. Yeah. Just bam. Job done. Love that. Sold. Sold. <laughs> yeah, get me one. Just give me my six numbers first. I feel like we're we're uh, stealing material because the the Relo podcast actually had discussed the same thing, and I had messaged the guys after they talked about. Now, now I can tell people I think the best ad is not really a proper ad, but BM. Do you ever remember the BMW films? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ah, you oh, see, yeah. there we go. Clive Owen uh, and Madonna. Clive Owen and Madonna. Yeah. Rolling about. Two was the director. Yeah, yeah, did them, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another few of them. And uh, so they didn't actually show those on TV, but I think they showed them before films in the cinema. And that the thirty nine M four and the thirty nine M five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something else. Seven series. The seven series one. The stunt driver drifts it around the corner and clicks his fingers either side. Oh yeah, yeah. And catches yeah. the wheel again. Yeah, that yeah. Was that's Clive Owen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Amazing. Absolutely first class. Forgot about that one. Uh, my tech on favorite ad would be the Ford Puma one from years ago. Was it oh, Steve Bullock? Steve McQueen. Steve Bullock from McQueen. Yeah. Steve McQueen. They took a footage. <clears throat> from the original Bolt movie and digitally inserted it into summer footage of Puma so it looked like he was driving the modern car around in San Francisco 
the if only, it was for the time it was well done. The only thing they were missing was the Puma had to come out and light the tubes up yeah. the hill, but of course not it was front wheel drive. Still a good a good car. Mm-hmm. The sports car of the year, nineteen ninety eight. Always wanted a racing Puma. Mm-hmm. Always wanted one of them. We we had a fourteen Z Tech one, the wife had one, and it was a fantastic driving car and it blew up. That's that's kinda what I was hoping to buy mm-hmm. for this pointless drive was mm-hmm. a Puma. So that'd be fun yeah. though. No. They were good drivers. No. I thought a Ford, unfortunately, didn't have a time machine because they have now brought out a Mustang Bullet edition. Imagine they hadn't made it out then and made it now with that car. <laughs> they probably, a brand new Mustang Bullet. They could probably just make it. They could make it, but people, yes. people would look at it and go, did they need this before? Nah, they couldn't have. They do that now, you know, for the, they can put the, the faces on and all that there, make it look so much more realistic than 20 years ago. You just have a wee app and you just put your own face on it. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, uh, Ross again. He's fucking flooded with the questions. Have there been any car mods which you carried out and look back on and cringe now? Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Dear me, I've won this one easily. I reckon. Yeah. Purple undercar neons on the Focus. Oh, well, I, well, I had blue neons underneath the Corolla, but but that wasn't. Uh, the but I didn't have the expertise to wire them in, so they had to be turned on underneath the car. <laughs> so I had to crawl underneath. <laughs> the neons are the bit you regret. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> he's trying to use this to gloss over the uh, the main feature. That, main that was fantastic. Bring back airbrushing. I agree. <laughs> Bring it back. My focus also had a carbon bonnet, which was proper carbon. <laughs> but it didn't have any windscreen washers. <laughs> so like, Andy's roof. I just didn't put them in. So on a trip to Dublin, uh, Jamie Ferguson had to hang out the roof of uh, Lee's Delsol and spray Parade over the windscreen. Because <laughs> I, I was blind for about 30 miles. <laughs> I couldn't see the fucking thing. Is, is Parade a, like a detailer approved? <laughs> <laughs> it was blue. It was, it was fancy blue Parade. Oh, it was terrible. That was very dangerous. A stupid thing. Shouldn't have done that. Should have used Iron Brew. Should have used anything. Yeah, but that was the only bad mod I've ever done. I've got a long list of dodgy alloy wheel choices, uh, graphics, wind deflectors as a styling exercise. You you love the wind deflectors? We wind deflector inside, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Still like them, you know, but I wouldn't put them on now, it'd be too embarrassed. Uh, the worst one I bought was actually an air fuel ratio gauge, which mm-hmm. I put in the EK Civic, which you eventually bought. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was still on it when you bought it or if I tore it out, I can't I remember. Maybe took it out. Yeah, but it was when Fast and Furious came out, you know, the way they, they hit all the bloody computer screens and manifold blown. Dangerous the manifold. Star Trek, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, I saw this thing online somewhere in America, I thought it looked fantastic, it was digital, and uh, I bought it. Must have spent two days trying to get it fitted, because I'm, I'm not an electrician by any means, or any kind of a spark at all, so I built this pod, got it fitted, got it wired in, got it working, took my mate out for a run, they showed him. So what's the point of that? I couldn't answer. Yeah. <laughs> I one of them in the coop. Looks cool. No idea what it is. <laughs> Went like that. Brilliant. <laughs> Loved it. Oh dear. But at least that was reversible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what else it is. I do remember I bought what was called the Silk Cut Racing Carton, which was uh, a two-tone GSI Vauxhall carton, and it was uh, like yeah, a nice. purple along the bottom and white yeah. on top. <laughs> Pete, you're bound to have done some hideous stuff. I have some property. Are you going to share it, or is it the is worst career suicide? The worst car I ever had, and then proceeded to do horrible modifications to was uh, Rover 200. <laughs> I actually bought it. Like I, I sold the car I had to buy this maroon Rover 200. Please tell me it was at least the Honda engine 1616 valve. No, no, it was K series. It was head gasket 1.4. 
why I wanted it, I don't know. And I started making bumpers. I ended up, I got an exhaust for it, a, a Magnex exhaust. <laughs> and it, I'm not exaggerating, sat a foot and a half out of the back of the car. I don't know what it was meant to be for, but it definitely wasn't that rover. And I proceeded to keep it on it, and then uh, covered the car in stickers as well. Um, that's probably, you need to see that car just to appreciate just how horrible it was. Um, but yeah, I can't think of any horrendous mods I've done aside from that. No, no, no further horrendous mods. I definitely didn't. I'm, I'm not admitting to anything. I'm sure I've done some terrible stuff. I definitely didn't airbrush triangles up the side of my focus. No, <laughs> wasn't you. Wasn't you. Wasn't me. Couldn't have been me. Any real scares in the car while driving? I have two which stand out. Coming back from another weekend in Dublin, down to the old West Link into Belfast, when you had to stop the lights at the bottom of the Grosvenor Road mm-hmm. before they did the flyover. I was freaking about there. It was about 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. Lights go green. Off I went, went for second gear, missed it, and a joyrider went straight in front of the car, <laughs> followed the police, oh. by about two feet. If I'd have caught that gear, I was in the coupe, I'd have been dead as a fucking doornail. It was terrifying. Two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, whenever I was coming down to pick you up um, in the GT4, I don't know if I told, said about this in the podcast before, I don't think I did, and I was uh, coming down... Uh, back road between Antrim and Belfast and uh, I could see this uh, it was a recovery lorry and I could just see the roof line of it on the hedge on the road to the left hand side which was coming out onto my road and I was cruising on at 60 it wasn't in a particular rush and I was like just sort of noticed the way he was coming out it's like the guy doesn't look like he's slowing down and I literally I don't then I just went on the autopilot and I sort of looked ahead and the road was clear and next thing he was right out beside me come out of the side road didn't look or anything and i was i was nearly in the hedge on the other side of the road and the gt4 was nearly on its roof mm-hmm. awkward Nasty. awkward awkward if someone had been coming the other way i had nowhere to go like you'd have been toast you'd have been down to one car <laughs> sympathy just pouring out of you <laughs> second one i had a 200 sx that i drove home like a hero and then one monday morning I was driving into work. I was on the phone because you're allowed to be on the phone in the car in them days. I was having a smoke. It was raining. <laughs> I came off the slip road in Drive, Bangor. Driving you for your knees. Yeah, I came off the slip road in Bangor and thought I was in fifth. So I gave it a bit of welly and it wasn't. I was in third. Mm-hmm. And a piss off. <laughs> Boost gauge in front of me, rocketed up, let the rear wheels up, said on the phone, I'll call you back. I'm crashing the car here. I went backwards across four lanes of traffic <laughs> and then came back again and up a wee verge and back down and the front number plate fell off and that was it. That was the only damage of the whole car. I nearly shit myself and put the car up for sale two days later. I had to get rid of it. It scared the life out of me. This is how I die. Rear wheel drive is not for everyone. Like I loved it right up until that point and then it scared me so much it had to go. I haven't had a rear wheel drive car since. Probably nervous then. I'll, I'll never have another one. Ever. I don't care what it is. Nope, not for me. Terrifying. Fuck that. Yaris four wheel drive. Exactly. Sort of. Four wheel drive, front wheel drive. I was going to offer to tick one of the M variants nope. off your list there, but no, not in not. the car that's a bit twitchy all the time. Uh-huh. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no chance. I'll just take it out and spin it into the first thing down there. If you got a nice free one eight give them a shout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something that only lights the inside wheel. Just as well you've got loads of cars, Pete, because I have destroyed one of them. 
I've had loads, but uh, one of the big ones that sticks out in my mind was years ago, I had a Honda Civic EG, and I was driving to uh, Belfast from Derry, and as you come up towards Dungiven, there's a big straight, and there was a guy parked on the hard shoulder, and I left just as I was upon him, he pulled out the hard shoulder, and did a complete U-turn the road, and that guy, I must be 15 feet from him. So I braked and then lifted off the brakes, tried to swear, but caught the front of his car, but luckily he missed his driver's door. But I flew across the road, kind of about stuff that, had a tree at 70 miles an hour. And the car was totally, utterly destroyed. And by the grace of God, I didn't break a bone, but I couldn't move for about a week after it. Unreal. But it wasn't so much scary for me, but it's for my flatmate, because I used to give him a lift every Sunday night, and he was sick that night and couldn't come up. And the branch in the tree went through the passenger seat. Jesus <sighs> Final so, destination stuff? Yep. Yeah. Very lucky guy. That's grim. Uh, the other just typical story, racing down a road I didn't know, going too fast, came to a junction that I didn't spot over a brow, and just straight across the junction. And a bit of traffic that side, a bit of traffic that side, but I somehow just got through a gap at about 60 mile an hour, and then pulled in and started punching myself a few times for being an idiot. Uh, and the only other one, similar to you, Craig, a 200SX. Dangerous car. Bought it. Yep. Dangerous car. Bought it at the bottom of England, and had like a 5 a.m. flight that morning. I was knackered. I was driving up the M6. Got a bit dozy on the way up the road because it was snowy night time and next thing I've started to doze off but suddenly felt the car losing traction and going sideways <laughs> and suddenly woke up, you know, kind of caught it and slowed way down and just cruised on up to Scotland. The old, the old sleep drift. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have those rear wheel drive cars, nope. they're dangerous. I bought, I bought a 200SX bringing up the road in England one time and uh, suddenly the back end went out but it wasn't going sideways. It sheared with three wheel studs. This is not it over, and it's like, Ooh. and the other two were loose as anything like. And so, like, literally had to nurse it up the road with two wheel studs on, which is pretty grim. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. That happened to me leaving Fentanyl one time when I had the Audi in mm -hmm. the show. Leaving, one of my rear wheels was loose, so I'm convinced someone tried to kill me at Fentanyl because I'm so famous. Brilliant. I a wheel come off. I, I was at uh, we're doing an RMS day down at Raleigh School Ireland, and I took the the drift car back at the time, and I just got the wheels painted, and had just buzzed the front wheels on, and uh, of course the paint was much thicker than so it was only on a few turns and a shitty wheel gun, which hadn't been charged. Second lap out, front wheel fell off, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in RMS was standing in front of the whole thing watching me. <laughs> but it was like very matter of fact I just rolled over with a jack jacked it up screwed the wheel back on straight back out again nothing to see here <laughs> nothing to see here like an F1 pit stop this happens all the time <laughs> or like I'm a really slow <laughs> four minutes to change it really slow F1 pit stop where the pit crew are just totally shit <laughs> and the car preparation is terrible apart from that Pete any scares you probably uh, definitely scares <clears throat> the worst scare was an E46 M3 and was approaching the speed limiter, let's say. And Private road. I'd had the traction off because I was doing a bit of sliding beforehand. And I was coming around a corner that doesn't feel like a corner at normal speed, but at speed it did. And it just went sideways for no, no reason whatsoever. And there was no skill involved. It was sheer luck that it straightened back up again. <laughs> <laughs> that was the scariest one because was just fences. It's yeah, I I don't like the feeling of being completely out of control. You might as well just take your hands off the wheel and go that's it. No. I've had brakes fail and went straight through. If anybody knows where the five corners probably mm -hmm. is in Ballyclare. Yeah, yeah. 
I was approaching that from one of the company roads and was coming slow down and had absolutely no brakes and I had to go straight across straight the across other side, the right across the main road and lucky nothing was off. That's happened to me too, I was about 18, I remember racing a guy in back roads and a, a Corsa and the, the brakes just got so hot they were just useless and the same thing came to the junction, had the paddle, nothing happened, sealed free again, like very scenic tour, you know. <laughs> Dear me, you boys are reckless. Thanks for listening, and remember to like, subscribe, do all the things you're supposed to do so you can hear us again and share with the world. Uh, we're everywhere at RMS Motoring and on rmsmotoring.com. Uh, when you want your questions, so ask us on the forum, pod at rmsmotoring.com if you want to email, get us on the socials. And thanks for joining us, and remember, uh, there's no warranty, this was sold to sing. <laughs>